Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. On this one, Stefan is back with Tyler and I, and we're doing another holiday episode. And I know I drag the guys into the Christmas episodes every year, and Tyler's just like, ah, the content is so hard to get. And then Stefan's like, I don't want to do it. I don't know. Like, we just get all these tears from them, you know, because they have no holiday spirit. Actually, that's not it at all. It's it is hard to keep finding things that have to do with Christmas uh, that are unique and surprising. So I kind of had to revamp the formula a little bit and see if I could make something else work. So on this one, I'm doing a send up of 12 days of Christmas, not all the days, just one. So maybe I can keep this formula for more episodes in the future. Uh, I didn't start with number one. We started with number five. I don't have to do them in order, but this one, instead of five golden rings, it's five golden things that are collectible. So we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We've got some bonus items in there. We didn't like really hardcore limited to five, but we have five that we give a good talking to about. Uh, the episode's about two hours. You guys will probably hear us go through and be like, hey, they didn't talk about the NWC gold. And that was intentional. Everyone knows about the NWC gold. It's not incredibly interesting. And also, I know we're going to have to talk about it later, and we'll probably have to have an episode where we talk about NWCs very specifically. And I'm kind of waiting for one of the gold ones to hit heritage because the way the gold has sold, grays have outpaced pricing on what golds have previously sold for, but a gold has never been in heritage. So I wanted to wait. So if you're wondering if that's coming, it's not coming. Don't worry about it. Just put NWC gold out of your mind. You don't have to worry about it now. I told you about it. Here comes the episode, Five Golden Things. Hope you like it. And if you do, please go to iTunes and give us a review. If you like it, if you don't like it, don't do that. Why are you listening? If you don't like us, you don't have to do this. Just part ways with us now. It, it's a clean break. I'm going to miss you. I'll miss you so much. But if you don't like this, don't stay here because these episodes are always long and you have things to do in your life. Don't do it to yourself. Hey, the first half of the episode, someone, I won't name names, was recording on their webcam. So I had to use the Skype audio for both people to ease in editing. So the second half of the show has better audio quality. All right. Let's go! to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny and Stefan. We're back. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Woo! <laughs> we are here to talk about five golden rings you might want to give your spouse when you propose to them this coming Valentine's Day, which any day now by the time this episode is released. Yeah. We are right on track for the holidays. We're doing great. But no, as Tyler was saying, uh, you know, uh, as a takeoff of uh, five golden rings, this episode, we are bringing you five golden things that are collectible that we're going to tell you about this Christmas season. So uh, you can decide whether you are interested in trying to purchase these items or not. We'll talk a little bit about them and maybe give you a bonus item or five uh, just to throw in there. So, uh, yeah, I think we can jump right into it unless you guys want to do like 42 minutes of banter before we get to uh, the actual episode. I want to give Stefan a chance to say one word in the first minute of the podcast. 
<laughs> Stefan, how do you like feel banter. about the fact that we're doing a five golden things episode? I think that concept is fine. I hate the pun. Johnny loves the pun. I mean, uh, you know, puns aren't my favorite. I could do I'm, that. You guys don't like puns. Uh, I do I'm like all, puns. I'm, <laughs> I'm just based. I'm base level upset that we're not doing. I, I just don't like that we're not doing mailbag episodes. We should just always do mailbag episodes. That should be. No, that's not content for people. I, I, ju- I just want to come in and answer people's questions and go away. I honestly love the reserved investments mailbag episode stuff. I listen to every one of them. <laughs> but list, Tyler, like you hate listeners. interview episodes. I hate interview basically, episodes. Yes, and a mailbag is basically a self interview. No, you only have to do one question in and out, and I'm the one who gets to talk. It's not the guest who does the talking. I'm the star of the show, Johnny. I don't need some guest coming in here talking about, like, oh, in 2007, I started collecting N64 games. Who cares? We all collect video games, goddammit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you're saying that there's no one out there that you would like to talk to or has anything worthwhile to contribute that you may not know about? And Uh, certainly no no, one ever asked us to be on the show. I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, Robin Mahara, please come on this show um, and talk to us about losing the Nintendo World Championships. What? That's harsh. (laughs) Why Why you got to do it like that? Oh, I'm sorry. It's the Christmas season. Talk to us about being one of the biggest celebrities in gaming since you did so well at the Nintendo World Championships. And then and then in exchange, Robin, he'll come on your show and talk about being a huge dick. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> it's just rough. <sighs> you know what? I think your problem is I think you've been hanging out on the Facebook groups too much. It, and you've just seen how those people talk to It is zapping my motivation to care about video games, Johnny. It, it, it it's a real problem, actually. It's like a it's like one of those like documentarians that like study these like abstract cultures like from the outside these like rare like hidden away cultures and then slowly he just becomes one of them <laughs> uh that, that's what's happening here well uh, I'm, think... I'm certainly not becoming one of them but uh no i i agree with tyler though i i, I think the kind of insular nature and the way they interact with each other and with games is a little bit problematic and it you know i i could go into all the things i dislike about it uh, but those people are allowed to go do their thing. If they're enjoying it and they're profiteering and making their money, cool. Good for those guys. I'm not going to go shit on them. But it does, like, the the way they go about it becomes a bit of a drain because that's why, like, they are investors, uh, and investors can be collectors, but they aren't necessarily the same thing. The way that gamers are also kind of collectors, but th- that isn't the same thing either. It's uh, a perception issue. Yeah, it, and, and there's different... I don't know how to say it. layers of subtlety to the way people hype the stuff that they want to increase in value. Like, yeah, some people are all about like showing off their cool stuff and, and like the, their expensive stuff, things like that. But some people come into these groups and they're just like, check this out, guys, this should be worth $20,000, right? Because this is the real first print. It should be worth $20,000. Why aren't you guys paying $20,000 for this? I'll show you all. You fucking <laughs> idiots. This is going to heritage auctions. This is going to go for $30,000, $80,000. I don't know, but this is the next big thing. Diddy Kong Racing, the N64 Japanese version. <laughs> like, like, what is <laughs> some of these? Look at the severely comments. undervalued thing I just found out about. <sighs> yeah, I, I mean, I've talked to you guys kind of offline about some of, uh, like, the insular nature of that. Uh, the idea that you know, 
we've, we've talked about on the podcast, the, uh, you know, the narcissism of minor differences yep. and that's what print runs are, right? Like, you know, everyone wants to say action, it's the action number one, like, no, no, it's not. Okay. I, I get why you're trying to make the comparisons, but like reprints for that and later prints came at like much different times. But imagine if there was a hundred of them, you know, are just available in like varying conditions laying around that all came out at the same time, like, and still available. That's like what the Mario's are, but they're, you know, so people like they want to draw these comparisons and it's close. I think, you know, I, I think there's a, a spectrum for that, but you know, also the, you have to be so into the minor differences of a thing and it has to be common enough for there to be a bunch of minor variants. That's what, that's where the rarity of the, of these, prints comes from right because there are so many different yeah. variations and to have that many variations there has to be millions of them made so it like it it feels a little less special and then all these people go and like so i just see the same group of like 30 nintendo games over and over that people talk about because they've got the like well not only the same 30 nintendo games but then also just traded among the same 20 people right right like i mean like they're all feeding money into each other. It's a, it's a snake eating its own tail. Well, I mean, and the the hobby, like, I'm not going to say the hobby's not growing and like things aren't going well. And like, hey, like, you got to like sweet water grade. Like, you know, it, it's become more about the the rarity of the grade in some cases. Oh, 100%. And the rarity of the item itself, which I. I yeah, everybody talks know, about like, population, right? Like, oh, population yeah. two and 9.6 or like what, you know, like everyone's yeah. so much more obsessed about the grade than the actual rarity of the item. Right, like, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3, the most printed Nintendo game ever. I don't care that there are only four 9.8s or whatever the fucking population is. It is the most common game. It is the Instagram joke of how to get likes on a photo. Like, <laughs> sure I mean, is. You know, so just guys, like, like move on. Like, I, I'm into all the minor stuff. But can you guys move into some of the deeper actual rare game? Like, please do a deep dive on Sword Quest so I can learn more about Sword Quest. You know, <laughs> just go look at some game that I haven't thought of in a long time that, like, will get me excited. Like, it doesn't have to be super rare. Like, go look at the Magic of Sherazad or something and and tell me about the, like, the rarest print of that. Get me excited for That's some why of that. That's I but, can't uh, quit these groups because sometimes they do. They'll go into that and post, like, some weird variant of something. So, like, that is the good part that two years ago, before two years ago, on Collector's Quest, we were never talking about sticker-sealed black box games. Because, like, no, only the weird black box people cared about going that deep into that kind of thing. And now everyone in game collecting is just like, oh, yeah, the sticker seals, of course, one sold for $100,000. Everyone knows all the basic black box variants now. I, I did love when the VBG Club or whatever his name is was like, here is every here is the entire print set of Star Voyager. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty uh, amazing. Yeah, I mean, they're... Like we get into this and like, it's like some of the stuff that people obsess on. You're just like, they show you like, I'm sorry. Uh, same guy. Uh, every time he shows gotcha and tells me like what rare variant that like, oh, no one Five gives gotcha, no about- rev. That's a cool variant, Johnny. That's always been a no, cool variant. Don't you start gotcha. on gotcha. I'm going to, sh- I'm going to take a <laughs> diarrhea on gotcha. 
And then I'm going to <laughs> wait eight hours and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to eat a bunch of fiber and make sure I get multiple dumps on gotcha because that game is trash. And amongst collectors, it was trash forever. No, not right? five screw. No, <laughs> not, no, no one really can't like, okay, what this one off air. That's what I'm saying. It's the narcissism of minor differences. Like, oh, but that's five screw. Did you hear yourself? It's fucking gotcha. Yeah. I love how, how Tyler is like, I'm not becoming one of them. No, but that okay. five screw gotcha. So I thought five screw gotcha was cool before 2019. This is kind of my barometer now. Like I, I'm, I actively try to not get sucked into the hype people try to create around variants and things like that. If I didn't care about something two years ago, why should I care more about it now? Just because I see it a lot more. And especially with things like grades, like no one graded two years ago. I'd have graded Steel Battalion and Steel Battalion Line of Contact two years ago, but no one cared. There was no difference between a 9.0 and a 9.4 two years ago. People were just like, oh, that's a nice complete in box game or that's a nice sealed game or whatever it is. So my barometer is not to look at the grade and like think about like a number like, oh, I really need to get that number. It's do I want a nice game or right, I'll, I'll buy a nice game. And that's where I'm still at. Uh, hey, I know this isn't necessarily our topic, but I, there's something sort of tangentially related to this that I did want to talk about that just recently happened. Um, did you guys see all the molded? games oh, no molded yeah, there's a, games. there's a wet dead deadly towers <laughs> hang tab still sitting uh 49 dollars you know opening bid or best offer yeah uh, so there. the moldy metroid so yeah the, there was a super metroid i know that that sold it was like 230 something dollars and it's sealed and it is it was listed in the auction as still moist the it wasn't just like that the item at some point got water damage and it was molded. It was still wet. And the guy was like, the guy came onto the, to, onto the, uh, one of the groups and was just like, yeah, how do I fix this? And it's just like, there's no, <laughs> throw it what? Out. <laughs> like I was like, please, that is like literally dangerous to the rest of your collection. If you insist on keeping it, please keep it far away from everything else in your room because mold can jump. I don't know if people know a lot that like I actually had a problem with that in my board game collection at one point because there had gotten some mold in one of my board games and it infected the 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 board games that it was next to. That's like a thing that happens. But yeah, it, it just got like it's crazy to me because like see the seal when you buy a sealed game this should be like an indicator of like yes this is a this is a, a beautiful copy of this game right and but when you get to the point where like the physical seal is more important to you by factors obviously yeah. than the actual condition of the game like what the f are you collecting Stefan, it's exactly that. This exact mold thing is what got me. So I think a Ghosts and Goblins uh, sold for $8,000 sealed. And it's like, at what point you're just fetishizing the seal itself. It doesn't matter. The whole exciting idea of a brand new game is that it's theoretically like near mint inside. You know, it's 100% complete. It's essentially perfect. If it's moldy on the outside, you don't know it's probably moldy on the inside. So no matter what you could do about the mold on the outside, it's still a screwed up game. Yeah, if those games would have come up molded and CIB, they wouldn't have sold. They, 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 
no one would have bought. Uh, yeah, it would have been well, like literally. Also, if they were like, if they weren't sealed, if they were CIB, you could have remediated them to a degree. Well, sure, but you know what? I mean? Like, like no one would have been interested in molded games uh, if they weren't sealed. Yeah. And like Tyler said, people are fetishizing the seal so much that they're buying literal health hazards to put in their f-ing game room. Yeah. So- <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's super weird. And I, I wish people would not do that. You know, um, the, the current, the current, um, like investor slash collector scene has gotten a little weird. Uh, it, it made me recall two theories. Um, you know, like, kind of uh one is a world theory one is like a comms theory or a behavioral theory i don't have you guys are you familiar with something called cultivation theory nope. no but we're about to be okay so cultivation theory was something that basically started in the 60s and it had to do with with television because they were saying the more someone was exposed to something right that the more they believed it was true and that the television was skewing the worldview because it was, you know, portraying a very specific world, you know, through the, through a television lens or, you know, through a television screen, through a camera lens, you know, it was a distilled message from someone who was controlling the message. And it was making people believe this things were true, even if they weren't necessarily or more true than they were, than they were actually, because you can take a minor thing and you may have seen this in media lately, uh, where you can take this minor thing but if you put a camera lens on it and you put it on 40 news stations, it be- seems like a bigger, much more th- impactful thing than it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's what cultivation theory is. And, and this isn't commentary necessarily on everything that's going on because there, there's definitely, this is a, a long running thing, but in video games, you know, now that social media is here, cultivation theory works on people who are in forms. If you are in an insular community, like we are, and you're only seeing the same things over and over, and you start to hear, this is the thing you collect. This is the thing. This is the thing. And like we would even be part of it. Like, you collect this. Yeah. Go look for this thing. Like, you just start to believe those things are true. She- right? Shelly Duvall's It's a Bird's Life. We yeah. need to start <laughs> mentioning it more so people are like, oh, yeah, Shelly Duvall's It's a Bird's Life. Yeah, and then it won't go down like in value top. like it did over the past however many years. Whenever we stop talking about it. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to go into, like, that there, there's a lot more to cultivation theory, and that is like really the uh, back of the book summary of cultivation theory. I'm not doing it any kind of justice, but you know, you see this like this this belief that makes true, and then it goes into another theory that like goes with it, which is called the mean world theory, and not mean like oh you're making me cry because you say mean I things. I mean, it is though the world is like mean, that. I mean, it is, but uh, mean as in like the math mean drawing to the middle, you know, uh, the average. So if all you, all these things are true. It starts to push things, you know, to everybody believing the same set of things. And because they are blinded by cultivation theory, right? Their lens is so small, they're not seeing enough other things. So then everybody just starts homogenizing. So it, mean world theory draws everyone to a central point uh, of of things that they believe are true. Like everyone's collecting sealed black box hang tab variants. Now this is the only thing we collect. These are the only things that matter. And there's like this whole world of video games out there, but the lens is getting so focused and everyone is drawing into this narrow median um, or mean. So uh, yeah, those are just like 
if you're interested in theory and stuff and how you can apply it outside, you know, you know, I like to bring a theory into the podcast every once in a while for people to digest. Yeah. Go check out mean world theory or cultivation theory and see how they apply today. Cause they were written about different things, but you can definitely apply them to the collecting experience as is right now. Johnny, I really love it when you call people stupid in very intelligent ways. Ooh, that was, it was very yeah. smart sounding, Johnny. And it's very <laughs> topical to the world of video games right now. And so Man. now that this section of the show is over, let's move on to our next section. Everybody's talking about Pokemon cards, guys. I think Pokemon cards are what we should no. all be buying right yeah. now. Yeah, well, that Pokemon is like an excellent thing, right? Like all these people got sucked into the same thing. Like those theories enacted themselves. It It's the shiny new thing. Everyone talked about it. Everyone's social media channels became those things. And then everyone's like, should I be collecting Pokemon cards? I think I should. Should I be selling all of my games to buy Pokemon cards? I think that's what I need to be doing. <laughs> How many posts have you seen like that? Like that's, we say that's a joke, but I can count at least 10 times I've seen this from people. I have 10 examples of people who were collecting games who wanted to sell some of their games so they could get Pokemon cards. I've personally been hit up. Hey, you want to buy this? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get into Pokemon right now. So, you know, I need to, I need to leverage some of my other assets so I can pick up these. These are, these are terms. People are telling me they're leveraging their video game assets so they can <laughs> buy in yeah. right I need, now. I need to get a bigger position in Pokemon. Yeah, I really got to drive my position in Pokemon, so I'm going to leverage my current assets by liquidating my video. Like, no, no, stop it. Stop it, my junior investors club. Uh, like, I'm not saying that, you know, in the current world, like, that collectibles aren't a thing to diversify into. Like, no one knows what's going on with markets anymore. I, everyone, it's such rogue speculation, and I'm not going to tell you how to invest your money, but... Maybe do more research before you just decide to sell everything you own to buy some Pokemon cards. Please be responsible. Or to buy a sealed black box hand. These things can bite you. Settle down. Settle down, guys. Settle down. All right. Uh, all right. So all I know right. Johnny wanted to jump right into it. So, guys, I'm really glad we jumped right into it with five gold things. You gave me a chance to say something, and I just I, I just threw us off into a tangent. So. Nah, I, I knew we were going to get to this. I had all of this prepared beforehand. I really, really wanted to talk about the moldy games all week. So <laughs> You know Josh Byerly I mean, bought two of the eBay ones? Yeah, I bet he did. Uh, yeah, so you go send him a text and tell him, stop I am. Josh, how wet do those games? I <laughs> the mean, thing, they not were... how wet do they make, but how wet are they? So the, the eBay one, so the Super Metroid was... A hundred percent garbage. The eBay ones were like super nice, except that they were moldy. Like I still wouldn't touch them for, I wouldn't take them for free, but it's kind of like just a shame. Like that deadly towers is actually not terrible looking until you read that it has mold on it. And I'm like, yeah, Oh yeah. I don't give a shit about that. I'm not if, bringing mold into my house. And if it's active mold too, like, cause like, like the super Metroid one again, still wet, actively uh, wet. Uh, if it's if it's if it's live mold, like even if you slab that, sh especially if you slab that, sh actually, that, that it's very likely that that could encourage it to grow more. Like, I actually would love to see that because then uh, it becomes cultivation theory of its own. Right. You would just yeah. see how much mold you can cultivate. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to see like a water Petri dish. That's what I yeah. want. I would love to see that, actually. Like. You know, you're afraid if it falls in some water, it becomes swamp thing. I'm I'm into it. Like, do it. <laughs> so now that we've oh. brought this up, I want everyone to remember this because 
I, I checked the eBay sold listings for these these mold games. Uh, a lot of them went to different sellers. I guarantee within the next year, we're going to see one of these on Heritage Auctions because someone is just trying to get a 4.0 or whatever it's going to grade at. And someone's going to look at it and buy it. They're not going to be like, oh, that's a moldy game. They're just going to be like, that's a 4.0. Let me do my math on what this grade is worth. I'm not sure. I would think so. You know, Heritage, you know, for better or worse, actually like understands, you know, archival process and the like value of not having mold in your f-ing space uh so because you have to actually send those items to heritage like in their facility for them to auction them they may actually turn them down when they see the word mold all right well we'll see yeah i i don't know if i was auctioning off things that routinely sell for like hundreds of thousand dollars if i want a, a thing that's going to sell for two thousand dollars with a bunch of mold on it in my yeah. in my place Valerie, if you're listening to our podcast, I don't know if you listen. Please don't fucking auction off these molded games. I don't. I don't think people from Heritage listen to our stuff, do they? <laughs> what? We're influencers, fine. Johnny. Come on, are we? <laughs> we... Oh, I, I forgot to put on my influencer. Time. Oh no, I'm sorry. Now that uh, Dennis has his own podcast, uh, it's him, Josh, and the other guy whose name I don't know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Stefan, do you know the other guy? No, Stefan's no, no, but I now. love that in like in, in the process of you genuinely not knowing his name, you just sounded like a fucking asshole. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah, you know, I, I mostly I, bring it up because did they make two episodes? Maybe they made two episodes, but guys, make more content. Come on. <laughs> Dennis, Josh, and the other guy. <laughs> what? That should be the name of the podcast. I can't I can't name everyone on NARC and I love NARC. We got CWR2, Chris. We got Rip, and I don't know anyone else on that show. John. John. Yeah. Well, there sorry, you. John. Rip, John, rip that listen. podcast, am I right? So um yeah, uh let's talk about some influencer stuff since we're still off topic. Let's talk about Stefan. Man, I like we'll probably bring it up at the end of the show. But your little YouTube channel, you know, I like to like I love when you call something somebody's little something, how insulting that is. Uh it's like one of my favorite games to play. Um but yeah, you did YouTube face already. Um <laughs> which I hate so fing much. I cannot tell you. That is a perfect example of cultivation theory. Um, may, or maybe not, I'm not an expert, so I shouldn't say it's a perfect example. Uh, but, uh, you can see how things homogenize themselves. So if you look at YouTube face, I, I, I also call it reaction face. Hate it. Hate it so much. Every YouTube video, somebody's making some stupid face. So you know exactly how they feel about the thing that they're <laughs> going to talk about. If you're just going to tell me how you feel, do I need to watch your video? It's like, it's like, oh, Phantom Menace, big frowny face. So I guess you don't like Phantom Menace. Cool. Got the whole content of your video by your fucking face. I no longer need to look at it. Um, that's not a general complaint at you. That's just at YouTube content creators in general. Yeah. Also, you did an uh, unboxing video. So I think now that you've done YouTube face and um, an, an unboxing video I think, where I spent like five minutes being completely wrong about something. That was pretty great. Uh, well, I just want to say, I think you can officially call, I mean, also being wrong about something, you can definitely call yourself, <laughs> that's the influencer trifecta. You've done it. Okay. But I did actually do, do like an editor's, uh, cutaway where I explained that I was wrong right before that I, uh, so I did, I did own up to it at least. I know. I, I, I watch your videos. I know, but not everyone here does. Tyler watches your videos. No, but I, I mean, watch everyone your stupid videos. I'm very proud of your set because it looked like garbage when you first set it up and then you fixed the framing a bit and now it looks great. 
Thanks. <laughs> I still need, still <laughs> need some more. critiques come from wanting you to succeed more. I wish you would take off the goddamn hat and shave the patchy parts of your beard. Nah. No, it looks awful. You don't look professional. Until <laughs> it kills me. I'm like, I want you to succeed. But you know who you look like now? You just look like, um, you know, Johnny Finger Dicks. Wait, Johnny. <laughs> wait, Johnny, you have some YouTube videos. You're telling me you don't wear a hat on YouTube? I wear a hat on I YouTube. Don't. I don't. I mm. usually don't show my face Odd on man YouTube. Out. I, I'm not like I'm. I'm not trying to be an extreme character on YouTube. I have a face for podcasts and radio. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm. I'm not actually like very weird looking or anything at all. But uh, no, I, I'm not trying to be a personality out there. I, I was never trying to sell myself. I when I put out content, it's usually like you know what my last content on YouTube was. It was uh, some Harry Potter ornaments that uh, called storytellers. And when you push a button, they all tell a little story. They all interact with each other. And I just put them all together. So someone, if you were looking like I would want to, know, I'm like, what's the whole scene do? Like if they're all together, could someone show me that? That's the kind of shit I do. Good and I don't even talk in that video. I put a title up and I just hit record and walk away. I remember when I found a Genesis variants video of yours, like, uh, and I wasn't even like looking for your content. I was just looking for information on Genesis variants and it happened to be your content. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Good video. You, and you saw my hands. And the only yes. thing you see of mine is my hands. Your sexy, sexy yeah. hands. Some, kind of small. Your strong not very hands. Sexy. Uh, yeah, no. Hands aren't my best feature. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of horrible jokes I'm not going to make right now. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah. Just shave the patchy part of your beard. Take off your hat. You got a nice looking face. You clean up well. You clean know what? Well, normally, normally it's just that I forget, and then by the time I remember, then I've already shot the video. And it's just, oh, don't do that. It's like fucking, it's it's do it's, a look it, in the it's mirror. It's Armageddon. It's fine. I, no, that's not a good excuse. You're starting your channel. You you got a baby channel. You want to nah, go be successful. Everybody, all the YouTubers got like apocalypse fat, and it's fine. Everyone's, no. No, it's not like you, but you don't need to, you don't need to stoop to their level. You're better than them. <laughs> That's what well, I'm saying. Like, well, thank I don't, I don't want you to look like metal Jesus and, uh, Johnny finger dicks out there. Um, yeah, I don't know who Johnny finger dicks is, but I love John Hancock. Name. Oh, okay. John Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny finger dicks. That's what I call him. It's like, yeah. that's a, it's the sequel to Johnny bazooka tone. Yeah, I just like I, I couldn't think of his name one day, so I called him Johnny Finger Dicks because it's Hancock. <laughs> My brain got to Johnny that Finger Dicks. So that's, that's now it's I, funnier. Yeah. So now that's just what I call him. I'm just like it's Johnny Finger Dicks. <laughs> Johnny Appleseed. Johnny yeah. Finger Dicks. That's yep. good. So uh anyways. Uh, I think we can now, we've almost done 40 minutes of it or 30 minutes of the rambling, which we love to do before the episode. Let's get to five golden things. Uh, for the people, I, I thought that was a, a fun starter conversation. All right, are you guys recording? So uh, you want to start the show now? Do you want to start recording and we can uh, get <laughs> this thing on the road? <laughs> no, I, I am recording. That's all recording. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, let me just get ready to start. I'm just going to get a drink and uh... shut up. Right. <laughs> I don't think we did tell them what the podcast topic was, though. So we yeah, did. We, I, I, did. Hey. I told them five golden things, five collectible items that happen to be gold, yep. like plated or colored. Mainly colored. Um, maybe Why is that on theme, gold. Johnny? Oh, because five golden rings, so five golden things. Ah, yeah. Not <laughs> also like gold is just a, a a Christmas color. Uh, and Zelda is also gold. So you know we got some mutual tie-ins here. I want to do a couple other uh, you know, takeoffs on the Twelve Days of Christmas song. 
I, I really want to do our for one one Final Fantasy. You know, are we because, gonna are we gonna try to shovel in uh, another episode before the nears? Uh, yes, I, I would love to have that. I would love to have at least two episodes go out this month since we've been a little slim on content. Yeah, Tyler. Uh-uh. It's not Tyler's fault. You didn't. You couldn't even record the last show. How dare you? <laughs> All right. So, Tyler, you've got the best item, I think, the, the coolest story. So why don't you go ahead with the first of our five golden things? Oh, my God. OK, are we starting the show with the showstopper then, Johnny? Yeah. Go, like, let's I mean, we've already drifted. We need something to reel them back. You're, in. Reel uh, that them is back an in, excellent Tyler. point. So my five golden things, we're supposed to pick five golden things because I've got five different objects, right? So yeah, total of 15 golden things, right? Right. I'm so, ready to go. Let's go. Uh, the Atari Sword Quest artifacts, the prizes that you were supposed to win for winning the Sword Quest video game contests, I guess. So, so there was a contest for the game Sword Quest on Atari, which you could win something. Sword Quest kind of is half a contest, half a game. So like the games kind of suck. The whole idea of the games is that they were supposed to be kind of a sequel to adventure. They're like these top down sort of action adventure games. And you would find clues in the game that match up with or that you use to interpret with clues that come in a comic book that came with the game. And they're like, it's like a DC comic book, like George Perez uh, made it like it's like legit stuff. And then you can't tell I'm raising my hand, but I'm raising my hand. Yeah, I have a question. Yes. How many of these games are there? Well, Stefan, that's an excellent question. So there were planned. The plan was there would be four Sword Quest games. Each of them would have an individual winner with an individual golden prize. And then the winners of those four contests would have like a kind of a grand championship to win the ultimate prize, which was like the Sorcerer's Sword. I don't remember exactly what it's called. You would think I wrote that down in my notes. But basically, so Earthworld had the Talisman of Penultimate Truth which was uh, it was like a disc that was studded with diamonds. And then Sword Quest Fireworld had the Chalice of Light. My personal favorite, it is the true holy grail of video games because there is only one of them. We know it exists. We know who owns it. And, you know, it's just it's a holy grail. Again, golden, silver, and completely covered in gemstones, all these things. Sword Quest Waterworld, you would win the Crown of Life, which a crown obviously studded with a bunch of sapphires and rubies and diamonds and stuff. And then Sword Quest Airworld was supposed to have the Philosopher's Stone, which was a giant piece of white jade that was in a golden box. Again, totally encrusted with uh, gemstones. That one, uh, there's like illustrations of it. I'm pretty sure there's no picture of that one actually existing. But uh, each of those things was valued at $25,000 was the goal for that. And then the four winners would go have their own contest for the sword. The sword was valued at $50,000. So what actually happened? Because guess what? There's no Sword Quest Airworld. <laughs> so when the what, man, when these games were made in 1983 through 1984, so I think it was all supposed to take place in one year, and then it just keep getting it kept getting delayed, and then they kind of screwed up Waterworld, and then Airworld never got made. So Sword Quest Earthworld went great. I think seven or eight people actually figured out the riddle between the game and the comic book. And then they were flown into Sunnyvale, California, where they played a special version of the game. And then the winner of that, I believe, was the first person to complete that game, uh, won the talisman. And then Sword Quest Fireworld had too many winners. So they made everyone who figured out the riddle 
write an essay about what they liked about SwordQuest Fireworld, which is just a super shitty thing to do. And then the top oh, 50 essay winners were flown to Sunnyvale to compete for uh, the Chalice of Light. What was that, Johnny? I said, oh, great, homework. Yeah, right. Especially like a bunch of kids. That's exactly what that sounds like. Oh, good. I get to do homework. Thank you. Tyler, I have another question. What's up? So you mentioned this talisman as the first prize for Earthworld. Uh, where is that today? So the talisman was melted down for its gold value of about $15,000 at the time. And then the guy kept the gemstones. I, I don't actually do. You, do you remember when that was melted down? No, but it, it would have been at the time because it was for college money. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's hard to judge the guy for doing that at the same time. Like, you destroyed one of the coolest pieces of gaming history ever. So it's hard to not be a little bit mad at you for that. I want to no, know that forever he, like, mad. Forever mad. I want to know that he was, like, a big, like, Thanos fan and, like, made an Infinity Gauntlet out of the gemstones. Like that. <sighs> like, cool. like, I just want to <laughs> know how much it would go for... You know, at Heritage Auction, had he not melted it down? Well, and that, that that that's kind of an interesting thing too, right? Because like these, like these have like inherent value to the actual physical yeah. object. Like aside from any of the like the lore or any of the collectability, like yeah. essentially, like you would have to start your baseline at whatever the actual value of the the like golden gemstones were. Yeah. It would it would be fascinating to see something like this go at auction. Absolutely. The weird thing, um, all this, all this stuff was made by the Franklin Mint, which is sort of like limited run games for boomers. Like they make a bunch of essentially fake limited collectibles like, oh, this special 9-11 coin. We're only making yeah. 3000 of them for 3000 victims. That is a terrible example. <laughs> Cut that from the what? show. Where did you? The Why Franklin Mint sucks. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Jesus. How, well, you can just bring up like a winter village or something. <laughs> Star Trek plates. They made thousands of Star Trek plates and you went with 9-11. I, you know, I was thinking of collectible coins because Franklin Mint and there are actors. You could actually buy coins that are slabbed that were found at 9-11. They're called like ground zero coins. I was just thinking of that. So that it made that connection with the Franklin Mint. <laughs> Terrible. It reminds me of the, the like the wine you can buy off the Titanic. That's weird. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, you're right. All this is weird. Anyway, okay. So Sword Quest, Fireworld, Mike Rideout. Everybody go find Michael Rideout. Find his contact info. All you guys who've never heard this story before, go start pestering him to sell you that chalice, which I'm sure he will never do because he's held onto it for 40 years. Uh, and in my opinion, he's the coolest game collector ever, even if he has zero game collect. Uh, zero Plus his games. last name is Rideout, and that's pretty cool. What's that's up? just a cool guy name. Rideout. Here's, oh, his, yeah. his last name is Rideout. That's just a cool it's guy cool. name. Like, so there's he's got pictures of it uh, when he won it at the time and recent pictures of it. I think 2017 is the last picture we have of it, and he keeps it in like a safety deposit box. Good on you, Mike Rideout, for not melting that down. I mean, if you're keeping it in a safety deposit box, though, please just sell it. Like, get that thing, like... <laughs> Just put an alarm in your home and insure it. I think, home. I mean, it's his personal thing. Like, he won that. I think he likes owning it. I don't think he he's donate. just having it for, like, the value of it. I think he really likes that he owns it. He could All donate right. it to a museum and not pay taxes for a long time. Well, I wouldn't, because I would want to see what it goes for at auction. I wouldn't want to try to get it appraised. That's fair. Uh, right. So, Waterworld is the, is the weird one, or where things start to get weird, because... 
Jack Trammell bought Atari, and then the Waterworld contest was basically only held because Atari advertised it, so they were legally obligated to hold the contest. So they secretly flew the winners of that contest to Sunnyvale, and then, theoretically, whoever won that was awarded the crown. So they could have also taken a cash option instead. So either they took the crown or the cash, but the crown is somewhere, and we don't know where it is. And then... Sword Quest uh, Waterworld video game crash in 1984, or Sword Quest Air World, due to the video game crash, was just entirely canceled. So I would I would like to think the crown is at Cash for Gold. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing; <laughs> it could be at Cash for Gold in a f-ing pawn shop somewhere. I God, can you imagine, like somewhere in f-ing Kentucky, just <laughs> a fucking gold crown sitting in a pawn shop. I mean, the the crown's the real question mark. So actually, my one five golden thing, even though my chalice is like my favorite video game thing, it's not, but I'm going to say it is. The crown is the real interesting one because we don't know where it is. Because the sword and philosopher's stone were made by Franklin Mint, but uh, some people say like Jack Trammell stole them, like they saw the sword hanging in his house. I'm pretty sure those are most, those are bullshit. Like someone was like mistaking something I saw in Jack Trammell's house because there's no legal way he would have to basically steal those things from Atari and because they're worth tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, most likely those are returned to Franklin Mint and melted down, which is pretty unfortunate. So, I mean, there's a, I don't know about that. There's certainly this hobby thrives on things that should not have been stolen and yet were and years later were sold. Um, so like guys, it, if you it, have a copy of Cheetah Men 2, I'm looking for a copy of Cheetah Men 2. <laughs> there is certainly a path in which that sword would end up at Jack Tramell's house. A hundred percent. Like, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying that like, just because like, oh yeah, he would have no legal recourse F- that like he could absolutely have that sword. I mean, I, I want to believe that story only because Jack Tramell seems like a kind of a douchebag that would steal a sword from a company that he bought. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so there's, there's weirdly, there's like lots, not lots. There's at least a few recent articles about the fate of all of these objects on Atari Obscura and like Eurogamer is like reporting on Atari lost artifacts. Um, and there was an Atari historian who said that most likely the Jack Trammell story is bullshit. Most likely they were returned to Franklin Mint and melted down. But again, who knows? Um, so Sword and Philosopher's Stone potentially out there. Crown almost definitely out there. Go find these. That's my that's my story, Johnny. I I really love all the Sword Quest artifacts. I think they're some of the coolest pieces of gaming history. The Philosopher's Stone was actually melted down and turned into 9-11 victim coins. (laughs) That's actually how yeah, that's how that happened. I mean, can we just move away from that? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Man. Maybe. Stefan, why you why why are you doing this, Stefan? (laughs) You're ruining Collector's Quest. That's right. I had a reason um, to make my connection. Anyway, no, you did not. <laughs> Johnny. Um, uh, okay. No, really didn't. So, Stefan, do you want to tell us about your item, your, your gold sure. thing? Sure. Yeah, I'll talk to you about the Brazilian Super Nintendo gold controllers. So, uh, these controllers were used in a couple things. Um, they were uh, most notably a... Uh, prize for a contest in Brazil, similar to like the Nintendo World Championships, kind of that kind of tournament. Um, also, though, uh, was and this is from this information I'm I'm getting from Dan Gomez, aka Super Nintendo, but uh, saying that they were also a pack-in for uh, one of soccer the game. soccer games. Um, 
So they're exceedingly rare. I don't know how many, I don't know what the edition size is, but they were all made by hand. Um, and they were essentially uh, SNES controllers that were taken apart and spray painted gold. Obviously, that makes it kind of difficult to authenticate. However, uh, there are a few uh, telltale signs that um, that are like it, better indicators that that the controller would be authentic. First of all, like actually, again, these were spray painted gold, so uh, you can color match if you have one that is authentic or pictures of one that is authentic. And actually, there's some really good pictures on SNES Central. Uh, of an of an authentic controller, um, but uh, a couple things to know: um, the it should be the what is the SNES uh, model uh, SNS model one hundred two is the the controller model, and then the the back imprint on the the back of these controllers will have not just the Super Nintendo stamp, but also the Super Famicom stamp side by side um, on the embossed into the back. Um, the, uh, shoulder buttons are not painted and should not be painted. Um, and then the, uh, on the inside, there's going to be a serialized sticker. If you take the controller apart, there's a serialized sticker that will have, um, God, what the hell is the name of the, the, it's the Brazilian subsidiary of Nintendo and their name is escaping me right now. Um, but it has their, um, their, name Im- Im- imprinted uh, on the inside on the board uh, on the actual board of the controller so uh so there's definitely if if you see uh if you see a gold uh, super nintendo controller again like wear marks around the thumb pad and then all those little telltale signs i was mentioning the um the shoulder buttons not being painted the sticker on the inside the 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 Im- embossed imprint uh, on the back of the controller. So th- there's some ways that you can actually tell that it that it is authentic. So um, as far as value goes, um, the the last two that have sold sold for about five hundred dollars a piece. Um, okay. And, uh, <laughs> what you said five? I thought it was five thousand dollars, and I'm just like, what is Stefan doing? Nope. Okay. Five hundred. Much more reasonable. And Tyler said, what was Stefan doing? Because one of those $500 sales is mine. Uh, I just uh, boy, Stefan, oh, It sure seems like you know a lot more about this controller than the last time we, we talked about it. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Because we did kind of talk about it in an episode. And just like for the people, we said soccer game, but it's International Superstar Deluxe. Uh, yeah, it was a you. Super Nintendo pack-in. Um, but also speculation that was for block, a Blockbuster Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then yeah. you should know that because this is coming from a foreign country, it, it, that doesn't matter. It's still, it's still like the lavender and the purple buttons, not mm-hmm. like not the Famicom buttons that are. Yeah, like it is. It is a Brazilian edition of the controller, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, which so, looks so like the American. Then the the sticker I was talking about on the inside, it's uh, it's gradient, but it's the Brazilian spelling. So G R A D I E N T E, gradient entertainment, is what that that label on the inside of the controller should should say. Nice. And that is the the Brazilian subsidiary of Nintendo. And it's a, it's a good thing they didn't paint those uh, shoulder buttons. Otherwise, that paint would have worn off, right, Stefan? Because these are uh, so often found in great condition because they didn't paint those buttons. Yeah. Well, not, uh, the other place that, that there's a lot of uh, wear is around the, the edges on the back. So, like, around the, the, the lobe on either side of the controller 
Um, you, you know, basically anywhere where someone would have gripped the controller tightly, uh, you'll find wear patterns. Also, again, it was spray painted by hand, so like the like screw holes will be unpainted because of the angle in which they they sprayed those controllers. Huh. So, um, so this is like one of those times. You know, I, I think I've, I've talked about it before, where like some some incredibly rare items, I would rather have it be a little bit worn to show authenticity. Uh, this is another um, another example of that case where if if somebody brought me one of these controllers with like spanking brand new paint on it or like just like un, un, unworn paint, I would be incredibly suspect of its authenticity. Sure. Well, I'm, uh, I'm honestly, because you told me that it's worth an order of magnitude less than I thought it was, uh, I'm more enthusiastic to be enthusiastic about this as a cool object. Yeah, I, because- I like this. I would have I would have bought it. Dan didn't hit me up for this, so but I would have paid five hundred. Uh, I love gold. Mm, no, that's I just love Super Nintendo. Dan hit yep. me up for it. I don't know. Do you have a bad relationship with Dan? What's going on, Johnny? No, I I think Dan <laughs> Dan hit me up to buy some Halloween stuff. So yeah, I didn't. I think he was like, gold. I think he was like, this is where Johnny's money is going to go, and he's not really spending that much money on games. So I'm asking for a chunk. So can't hit him up for an additional five hundred. I think Dan also knows by now, kind of the three of our like our wheelhouses. Yeah, and Dan, I don't buy a lot of stuff from you, but keep hitting me up. It makes me feel special. One day I'm going to pull that trigger. (laughs) (laughs) Keep hitting me up just so I can turn it down and feel special. Yeah. Yeah. Dan's trying to turn into (laughs) Stefan, right? Dan's like, video games, those are for children. I collect one-of-a-kind collectibles now. Yeah. (laughs) Dan is already, like, Dan has been transforming his collection for a while like he's been shifting since he was Super Nintendo, like with actual Super Nintendo stuff into whatever he he is now. I like I, I admire Dan's collection process. I, I, I he's just like going after it. I do so, too because it's, cool. it's my process and he listens to me. Yeah. Oh, you think so? <laughs> I I don't I don't want to believe that's true because he was doing <laughs> he was doing weird stuff while you were still like being a garbage man. That's fair. Yeah. Although now he and I we were just talking about this yesterday that now we both collect literal garbage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now you were buying garbage games. Now you're just buying people's actual, actual garbage. garbage. <laughs> yeah. But premium garbage. Premium right. garbage. One of a kind. Garbage you won't see anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of garbage, I would like to talk to you guys about one of my golden items. One of the five here. Uh, and it is garbage. Uh, I've been known to... Uh, call this uh, a garbage system for garbage people. It is the N64. Boo. And did you know? Yeah. <laughs> Boo. Hello. <laughs> <Beautifying> boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From collector's quest. But did you know that there was a gold N64? I'm sure you did. You've seen it. It is was there. A, yeah, there sure is. It was a Toys R Us exclusive and it came with two golden controllers. So it was, it is a distinct bundle that where it had it's called the limited edi- limited edition gold or limited ed- limited gold deck edition it, it says on the box so specifically comes with two controllers there are some other ways to get some gold and 64 items um there is also a toys r us exclusive which just comes with the standard you know gray deck and one gold controller weird and then you could buy in a blister pack a gold N64 controller. Again, a Toys R Us exclusive. Um, I, I think, Tyler, did you tell me there was like a, a Japanese exclusive to Toys R Us as well? Oh, no, that was for the GameCube. 
And so GameCube also had like a weird gold yeah. Toys R Us. But there, there is a Japanese golden N64. So yes, I th- guess if you care, make sure you're getting the right one. Yeah, I mean, it, you will see that it is the Toys R Us. Like, it's in the lower right-hand corner. It's got the, you know, multicolor, um, you know, Toys R Us font on it. So, like, you know, red, yellow, and green with the big, you know, yellow R and the blue star. That's on there. You can't miss it. It's, you know. Also, it's got a giant gold N64 on it, and it's in American, American <laughs> I, you packaging. Know, I didn't know N64 there were two variants, Johnny, until you told me, like, you know, an hour ago. So that's pretty interesting, because yep. I always see, like, oh, that's the Toys R Us golden N64. So now, collector's quest recommendation, if you have the one that's just a golden controller, it's garbage. Put Throw it in that the trash. out. Forget it. Yeah, put it in the trash. Absolutely. And then trash. upgrade to the, the correct one, and then maybe consider putting it in the trash, because it's garbage. Well, just because it's an N64, I mean, naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should really just question whether you should own a gold N64 at all. Um, so I think the rarest thing to find of these are, is the gold N64 controller in the blister pack. Like, because most of those got open. So I think, like, of the most collectible parts of that it is going to be that controller. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the most expensive, but. Um, you know, definitely the hardest stuff to find. There's one up on eBay right now. I, probably won't be by the time you hear this. I think it's going for about a hundred dollars. I I think it'll probably close around three to five hundred though. So just I don't think that's that. true. I think the watermelon one is impossible to find. I'm not some no, of the I'm fantastic saying, individual of, controllers no, no, are I'm, like I'm, ridiculous. I'm saying of the three. Oh, gold, of this I, stuff. I, oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Not not of like of the extreme editions or the guy die hawking like Japanese. No, I'm not getting into any of that. Uh, I'm, I'm strictly talking about this. Um, the gold N64 though is kind of hard to find the box. You can find just the system. If you're not looking for the box for around 250, 300, you know, depends like if you want one or two controllers, I've, I've seen it as like as low as 150 bucks, but you know, as high as like 350 with two controllers and like a game. And like I said, you'll find the Japanese one in the box more often than you will uh the toys r us edition one so mm-hmm. you know something to look out for i think there's only one on ebay right now um and i think it's like 1200 dollars uh for for the gold and 64 no i'm sorry i've got a two thousand dollars or best offer on that right now so yeah you could there's a buy it now on the controller for uh 500 still sealed and there's a, a gold box uh, not in great shape, just a flat box only, no no styrofoam or anything, 350 So this is kind of, uh, you know, it's more expensive than I think it is, but N64 stuff always su- surprises me on on how pricey it is. So I don't know if this seems outrageous compared to other N64 stuff, but uh, yeah, it's still a little bit of a pricey collectible. But, you know, the paint is far more resilient than those uh, Brazilian controllers, so, you know, you could do worse. I used oh, a golden controller most of my life and it still looks pretty good. So yeah, yeah I mean, that's the gold N60 or the N64 I use is the gold one with a gold controller. Is it painted or uh, is it just golden plastic? It's like golden plastic. I, I'm sure it's dyed. Like, you know, I'm sure it's in the, in the plastic dye. Um, yeah, no, I th- like, you know how I got mine. I got mine from Denmark in a trade. I traded a ghost and goblins proto uh, back in the day, and I, maybe maybe this person can be found. I don't even remember who they are. I found them through Nintendo Age. 
Um, like I won this proto at uh, one of these SoCal events. So I got it for like 20 bucks and I really wanted this gold N64. So I got this and I got like the three Zelda games uh, for the Panasonic for the, the CDI oh. games. Yeah. Um, I got those. I got some like, I think $200 in cash too or something. And uh, yeah, shipped from Denmark for this one pro. It wasn't even playable. It like literally just, uh, it was a master system proto and you plugged it in and the um, Ghost and Goblins logo came up and that was it. It's all it did. Okay. As the story went on, it got more and more in your favor. And once you said master system, just excellent trade, Johnny. Good job. Uh, Mm. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, this was, this is so many years ago. I don't like, and I wasn't like hardcore collecting them. Like I definitely did not, I, you know, I still don't really care about protos and stuff. That's not like really my, my lens at all. I was like, if I'm going to play N64, this is the one I want to do it on. And I love Zelda. So I need Zelda looking stuff around me, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know? And this was a thing I got for like $20 of investment. I'm like, I can get, finally someone wants to do this. Hooray. So, you know, I was successful. Anyways, that's Yay. it. That's, that's that item. Go go get it. Like, if you, if you care about this, if you love Zelda, you want to spruce up your display, and you want to spend 500 bucks, go out there and get one. Uh, and if you're it super crazy... It has nothing crazy, to do with spend, Zelda. Does it have anything to do with Zelda? I mean, it's it gold. came out, like, because Ocarina of Time was, like, the biggest sh- ever, right? On the N64. But they, they couldn't put the word Zelda on the box. They made they, when I, Pokemon was big, they put a goddamn Pikachu molded into the N64 and I they mean, couldn't print look, Zelda on the box. I think that's a mistake too, but I, I think Nintendo also learns from this, right? Because they didn't really do that with their special editions. Even the star Wars one has no star Wars branding on the fucking console. It's ridiculous. Weird. There's a golden eye one, right? It's nothing about, it's just a, you know, they just put an image on it to help sell the thing. So, like maybe Nintendo didn't want to like really lean into it at that point, but like we'll talk about some items in the bonus stuff where Nintendo definitely leans into uh, you know branding on on systems to sell systems. I, yeah, and I bet you know they probably just didn't want you to think it came with Zelda, and they didn't want to include probably. Zelda because it was probably the hottest selling thing ever. So oh, absolutely, yeah. So, um, anyways, that's that's all we got on that. So Tyler, what do you what else you got for us, Johnny? I've got five more objects to talk about. Uh, not all of them are golden this time. Uh, no, Tyler, Tyler, it is five golden things. This is the fourth item. Don't have five yeah, items. No, I'm supposed things. to have five different golden items. Charlie. No, you aren't. It, you're supposed I, to have two total. You it already is not talked a total about, of 15 things. I don't yeah, understand. Come on, man. What is this episode again, <laughs> Five golden things. Yeah, we talked about the five. Toys R Us N64. <laughs> that was one, two. The Blister Pack Controller, three. The Japanese N64, four. And the Japanese Controller, five. So that was five golden things for you. No, t- Tyler, please. <laughs> please. You're always like, man, our show goes on forever, and then I've got to spend a million years editing, but here's five more things so I can talk for 40 minutes. <laughs> There's only one thing I really want to talk about, but... Okay, good. Do that. No, I'm not. We have to talk about, talk about Famicom thing. contests. So, oh, before okay, so the Nintendo a, a World Championships, Nintendo held another contest in Japan. Uh, I don't think it had a name. Maybe it did, but basically, you would I'm buy... I'm sure it had a name, Tyler. What? They, just, they had to have. They were there just were, like, "Hey, everybody, come over to this thing we're doing." It was, "Hey, come over, everyone, <laughs> this thing we're doing." 
It didn't have a big flashy name that encompassed the whole series of events and numerous thousands and thousands of giveaways that went with it over a, at least a year. I don't know how long it was. Anyway, you would. Uh, so it was around the time the Famicom Disk System launched, and they released four games that came on blue discs. And what you would do, you would get a high score in that game, which would save to the disc itself, because holy crap, Famicom Disk System is super cool. And then you would bring it to the store, and they would have a kiosk set up. Uh, it was, what was it? It was called like a disc fax or something like that. It was like a fax machine that would read your Famicom disc system disc and send it to Nintendo, the high score to Nintendo. And then Nintendo had a leaderboard of all the highest scores in all the games. Uh, if that happened today, everyone's score would just be a hacked number with an infinite number of nines. But apparently this worked in 1987. I don't know when this happened. I'm going to say 87. So there were four contests. Uh, the Famicom Famicom Golf Japan course, which you would win a golden disc of Famicom Japan course. Who cares about that? Famicom Golf US course, which you would win a golden disc of Famicom Golf US course. Who cares about that? Because if you got second cool. place in that contest for the Famicom Golf US course, you would win a golden copy of Punch-Out for the Famicom. Cool! Yes, Whoa! They just run out of how did that like punch out special is it actually uh, called punch out special yeah oh well it's called punch out special um i have a question i'm raising my yes. hand again does the punch out and this is I, i'm not leading you in i actually don't know um does the is the 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 rom and that punch out cart does that actually have differences to the like the retail Absolutely. the regular retail copy so Ooh, punch tell out, me about that i would it is the same game. So the history of Punch-Out is is really weird. So obviously Punch-Out is an arcade game. And then this is the first home console version of Punch-Out. And it ends at Super Macho Man. There's no like final boss after that. So then Mike Tyson's Punch-Out came out and obviously had Mike Tyson. And then it turned into Punch-Out, which added Mr. Dream. So this is like, it, you know, it's missing like the main draw to the game, I would say. But it's still a, a super cool obviously punch out thing how does that actually end then do you, do you know like if like so you i don't beat, know i, I you knew beat you were gonna ask me that and, and I, I obviously have never beaten it and uh thought maybe you watched your youtube, youtube video i didn't bother so stefan right. collector's quest homework go figure out how the famicom punch out special ends well, yeah and, and it is different it has like its own board uh different box and everything it comes in like a, a gold box rather than uh, like the standard like little gray box on it even as like even the art is shifted down on it so it's different the golf also the disc for golf also comes in a, a little gold box uh yeah so they come in uh the the four prizes so the four first place prizes come in famicom coon boxes which are the little famicom uh logo guy and then those came in uh white boxes that look like wrapped presents uh so yep. those are all super cool I think probably Americans maybe would be most interested in the punch out. I believe there's 10,000 of them. So they're not like super rare, like contest cards. Like they, they handed out a lot of these. Actually the most desirable things from this whole contest thing are the, the third contest was F1 race where you got a super Mario brothers game and watch. And because that appeals to such a wide variety of collectors, like Famicom people, Mario people, game and watch people, that one can go for like over a thousand dollars. And then uh, the fourth contest was a 3D Hot Rally, and you won a stationary set. 
And that's just super rare because it's a stationary set. Um, weirdly, like all these are like 100% available at all times. So like if you search for the the Super Mario Brothers Game & Watch, you'll probably find like five of them for sale, but they'll all be just like $1,000 buy it now. We're not lowering the price. So yeah, like and if you want that gold punch out, you can find it with its box and the little sticker it came with uh, on eBay right now for like $700. Sure. And, and I, I mean, the just price a card is for like maybe all over the place. I would say probably yeah. 500 to 700 for a complete box. And you can get a card for probably like 200 bucks. So it's maybe. cool. I don't know. Punch maybe out. Maybe it's more. Yeah. Uh, like, and, and you know, it's got a pic. Like, weirdly, the, the picture they show is like bald bull. Like, I, I don't want to look at him he's like the <laughs> like you're just like this is punch out to you guys this guy all right like i don't know maybe was he like the most po- i don't know what the arcade scene in japan around punch out was like was he like the most popular punch out character or maybe he was the character they put on the marquee of like the japanese arcade game see i would wager especially since they made him a cartoon character that king hippo would have been like i don't know i feel like he's like the most like but that that's like about unappealing <laughs> I mean, that's when it came to America, and like, you know, that that's like maybe the American audiences were that because the cartoon was like strictly an American thing, right? Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, you can get a gold. Like, speaking of gold things, here's a bonus item: you can get uh, a golden crown from King Hippo from the Wii uh, for for the Wii game. Uh, there was like a little box set you could buy that has like King Hippo's trunks and the golden crown in there. So That's you can find that. So bonus gold box. thing. Woo. That's yeah, a good bonus crown. gold thing. Um, oh, I, there, one more tidbit. I'm pretty sure that uh, this uh, this version of Punch-Out is not racist. Oh, it doesn't <laughs> so this have is the like... the sized uh, version of Punch-Out. So the original version arcade versions of Punch-Out had uh, racist names. So these are still racial stereotypes, but with less racist names. So okay. the American names, essentially. So Soda Popinski instead of Vodka Drunkinski would be the most politically correct one we can mention on the show, I'll say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's leave in that. Moving Oof. on. Whoa, that's rough. <laughs> that's, that's, like, everyone just kind of glosses over that. You're just like, meh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, the by the way, if you got... If you guys want one of these golfs, uh, there's like one of the golfs in the Famicom Kun uh, for like four hundred dollars. You know, between four and five hundred, you can. Uh, get a I golf. just bought a Japan. I was looking for one for under three hundred. I just bought a Japan course for three hundred. Well, it was three hundred or thirty thousand yen, so like probably two eighty. And I was the only bidder, and I wasn't really happy with the price. I wanted a deal on it, um, so hold out. Okay, that's good advice. I'm never looking to buy this thing, so... Like, I would buy the Punch-Out, but I would not buy the Golf. I feel like, historically, when we tell people to hold off on buying things, it ends up biting us in the ass, because then it ends up being like... Well, Stephen... Remember when Tyler told you not to buy something, and then it blew up to (laughs) $40,000? We don't consider the universal truth that everything goes up forever. Always. And everything (laughs) I buy is the right thing to buy. Yeah. True. Um, and I did see there is a, a punch out card if you want one for two twenty five. Just like search deep into eBay. Yeah. There's a lot of punch out cards. Anyways. Yeah. It, it, it's not rare. Prize for losers. It, 
You know, but like, like when Mahara, I started so collecting, <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I when I started collecting, like people would bring up the gold punch out and they'd be like, check out this. And people would ooh and all like it was the rarest thing ever made. And you're like, mm, not really. There's a lot of them. They're pretty available. Maybe. Well, I don't know. What was the import scene, I guess, like 15 years ago? Was it harder to get stuff from Japan? Because... I agree I with so. you. Like this, the gold punch out is totally something you would see on like Game Sniped. If anyone remembers Game Sniped, uh, it was a blog that would, I think every single day, find the coolest video games on eBay and then make a blog post about like, here's what's for sale. Here's all the cool rare stuff. And I could and totally see their a Tyson's post would make, one of the, or, uh, would still make it incredibly difficult to find the item. You ever remember that? Like, they, like they never had a clear like, oh, here's the auction. It was all like, uh, yeah, here's this thing we found. Here's a picture of it. Good luck finding the link. Oh, I have I have no idea. I don't <laughs> I don't remember that. I thought there were links, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just we had less Japanese stuff, and now just so much more stuff has filtered from Japan to America that we're just like, oh yeah, there's twenty of those punch outs on eBay right now, or maybe more Japanese sellers sell directly on eBay to the U.S. market. That's a crazy right. thing I've seen. You could search for something on Yahoo Auctions. And you'll find more results for a Famicom game on eBay than Yahoo because there's more sellers. They're just like Americans want Doki Doki Panic or Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is a great example. I'm almost sure. positive there are more Famicom copies of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on eBay than there are on Yahoo because they know that Americans are the ones looking for that stuff. And, and whatever our shipping deals are, like whatever our trade like clause are with Japan... Um, obviously they are fairly favorable, right? Like on import and like VAT and everything, because shipping is not that expensive here. Uh, like you can buy something from Japan and it's not like when you buy something from Europe and you're just like, Oh my God, the price coming from Europe is stupid I know. from oh. Japan. It comes like pretty quick and, and it comes pretty fast. Like I can get something from Japan in a couple of days where when I buy something from Europe, I'm like, especially during COVID times, I'm like, please come in a month and a half <laughs> yeah. or two. Those are, you'll, you'll buy something and then like, it'll show up like months later and you will have forgotten about it and it'll be like, oh yeah, I bought that thing. I mean, that is yeah, kind of nice though. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the reason I stopped uh, on the European Super Nintendo stuff right now, just because... Like it was so mind numbing. Like the tracking was getting so old. Oh, man. It took three months to get anything. I'm like, okay, I have to wait until this stops or I have to do um, a shipping service that does DHL. So if you are getting stuff from like other parts of the country or other parts of the country, other parts of the world, different countries, uh, get a DHL service because DHL delivers pretty quickly. And if you just go through like their standard post to our post, it is like nightmare central. Um, it's gotten better, but like, especially during the initial panic when people like didn't know all the protocols and how, like if things were toxic and infected, like, and they were importing them over, like things just took forever, literally three and a half months for me to get stuff. And I was like, I'll just wait. I'll wait until things clear up a little bit and we'll, we'll see what happens then. So, so you're anyways. saying that European stuff is the real rare stuff and we should all be investing in, uh, yes. Weird yeah, pal A games that no one. No, I'm saying no if you want the has. real rare stuff, you should probably be buying like weird Asian market stuff that you know we haven't considered. Maybe go look for Korean N64 games or something. Man. Like go find like really hard stuff or like uh, weird things from uh, you know South America. Like go go explore those markets and see how much harder it is to find something. Like there's 
That's There's right, a level Nick of Morgan. We're, we're telling people to, to encroach on your turf. I was, <laughs> I was just thinking about Nick when you were talking about this. I'm like, yeah, it's buy all the stuff that only Nick Morgan cares about. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess, but I, I, I'm not actually. I don't think people should go down that route unless they're going to be unless you're going to be a crazy person. Um, don't go do that because it. Like, I don't know how fulfilling that will be for you. Uh, from what I've experienced with collectors, they thrive on getting things. Yes. <laughs> if you do uh, do that, have a goal. Don't have your goal be, I want to get all the uh, Asian and Brazilian N64 games I can, because you probably won't get all of them, and you'll just be buying stuff forever. Yeah. Also, importing stuff from Brazil is notoriously hard. So, they, they like, have pretty strict rules about what leaves Brazil, and, like, what can be shipped, and, like, who can buy stuff from, like, Brazilian marketplaces and stuff. It, it's hard. So, you kind of got to know somebody. Anyways, um, I have a golden thing to talk about, and then we'll... Well, five uh, That's our, Yeah, no, I have one. Um, maybe it's multiple things, but it's counting as one. And then Stefan's got a bonus item. Uh, I, I placed our order wrong. Stefan should be talking now the way I have the order. Sorry, Stefan. It's okay. Um, go. So, oh, you're not interested in my story? Okay. No, I said... Stefan no, sounds... It's, it's, it's your like, show. Go. 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 Sounds go. so bored. Go. Go, then. Do Fine. It. All Do right. Do the thing. Okay. Show. There is a super cool Game Boy SP from Europe that you can get that, uh, you know, it's a little gold clamshell. It's got a nicely lit screen. It's got three golden Triforce on it. It comes with Minish Cap, which is a surprisingly great Zelda game if you have not yet endeavored to play it. And you know me, I don't really do portable stuff that often. It's great. It's compact gold. It, like, it's a beautiful little Zelda package. Comes in a nice, like, firm cube, you know? It's really nice looking. It's kind of hard to find. There was, like, 25,000 of them made. It's not, like, super hard, but, it's, again, coming from Europe, you know, it, it just gets, uh, gets a little hard, uh, especially to get it nice, because shipping that distance, there's problems. But that is not the best part about that. In these boxes... There could be a special golden ticket. This golden ticket will allow you, if found in there, will allow you to trade that ticket in to Nintendo of Europe, and you will get an exclusive gold-plated GBA. Wow. So, wow. how many there, of these exist? There must be a, a bunch of them, right, Johnny? No, no. In fact... We didn't get the first image of one until 2018. That's how long it took for these. <laughs> a Game Boy Advance. Yes. So, uh, you know, he, so there's like a whole story to it. So what happened, like these came out, right? Um, one turned up in 2013, right? Like, and we kind of had pictures, but like wasn't really confirmed. It was said to be bought for a hundred dollars uh and it was in south america that this was bought but confirmed to be bought from europe right so this like kind of first one that no one really confirmed we didn't believe not until um 2018 did other photos come out of this one that was bought out of uh, an auction out of europe for seven hundred dollars and this person took it and had it confirmed uh they like took it to a jeweler or something um or a gold shop, and it was confirmed that it is actually gold plated. 
you know, not just uh, not just painted gold, but actual gold plating on there. So that's like when the first like pictures of it really came out. But both of these people that have have shown pictures of it were not the winners of this contest. They did not turn in these golden tickets. They got them secondhand themselves. There has never been a confirmed winner come forward. No one who like there's no one has said like, oh yeah, I, I got one of those golden tickets. It's me. Let me show you my ticket. Uh, this is what I had. There's pictures of the ticket that you can find, and it just says. If you find the winning card inside your pack, you'll win an exclusive Game Boy Advance, right? And it's just a little gold ticket. It's got a little picture of a of an SP in there. Um, you know, it. You can see the advertisements and stuff for it. Uh, you can see what they said the picture of it, but no one's actually photographed the ticket itself. So we don't know what the, if that's like. You see the placeholder image for it, but is that really what it looks like? We don't know. Probably it says like congratulations across the top. So but if you've no got really it, good Photoshop no skills down. and a really good printer, uh, please fabricate fabricate one of these tickets, and uh, yeah. maybe it'll be a super rare collectible. Woo, yeah. Um, the, the image quality is not, like, great on it, so I couldn't tell you what all the words on the, the winning ticket are, like I said, or if that's even what the final product looked like, because this is just a promotional image. So... Yeah, it's a pretty weird and obscure gold item that you go. Like, if if you're a Zelda person, this is a Zelda-specific uh, promotion. So this would be like one of your Holy Grail Zelda items to get one of these gold-plated N64s. But again, we only have two confirmed GBAs. people. GBAs, yeah, sorry. GBA SPs, specifically. Um, you know, two confirmed in all this time. First... Good pictures in 2018, mentions of it in 2013. What the hell, guys? It's the internet age. Find me these. Someone, go get them. Like, what are you waiting for? Get out there and be a, an internet detective. They're in Europe, so, right? Yep, this was a European thing. It's because Europeans don't care about Nintendo, and they don't like sending their games or their information over to America, Johnny. That's just what Is we were talking you- about. Is that what we were talking? I don't know. If, if this was we a gold-plated about. Commodore Amiga, they'd have people having them in museums on pedestals. They'd be like, "I got the gold ticket for Commodore. <laughs> Look at my gold-plated BBC Micro." But GBASP, they just don't care, Johnny. Are you sure? Uh, I'm I'm joking, but uh, oh. I hear that. I don't know. Is Pokemon a, a worldwide thing? I'm not really sure. Do people like Pokemon? Mm-hmm. They they do. They okay. they love they it. They do. Um. Anyways, let me just run down some last facts for you. You can pick one of these up. There's lots of fake shells for this, so be careful. It's often um, it's often faked. Uh, or if you just want a, a replacement shell, go find one. Uh, don't confuse it with the fake Majora's Mask emblem. You know, it's it's all over the place uh, on the fake market. So uh, careful. I, I've seen most of them go for around two hundred dollars. If it's just the um, GBA itself um, in the box, questionable. I, I see listings for up to eleven hundred dollars. You know, it, it's a Zelda item. It's like it's not that rare because there was twenty five thousand of them made. But finding a boxed one in America is just like a little bit, you know, a little bit more questionable. But yeah, I see one now for five hundred. Uh, oh, there's a good price on one if you don't mind a little bit of beat up on your box for 300 because that's just barely what over the just Game Boy itself goes for. But again, comes with the Minish Cap cart. Um, 
know that the plug to charge that thing is uh, the European charging system. So you'll need that adapter. But uh, go find this thing. I, I see a like a nice, nice one for like $750. There is some variations to the boxes too. So careful on that, depending on region. Check it out. Go look at pictures. They look awesome. Uh, probably when I post this episode, I'll post a picture of mine. Uh, Zelda Minish Cap, the origin story of Link's hat. Yeah. Uh, that's an important thing now. Origin stories. First appearance. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a key. <laughs> first it's appearance of hat. <laughs> yeah, key title. Um, also, isn't it first appearance of the Master Sword? Uh, in canon, you mean? Ooh. Uh, Ooh do canonical yeah, I, first I, I, appearances I, 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 matter? I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain this joke. Um, moving on. Uh, that was five golden things, uh, but we do have a couple of bonus items. Stefan has a bonus one, and then we'll just throw out, without explanation, some other cool gold items you could go buy if you, in fact, love gold. That's a super relevant uh, impression from you know, 2005 or three. <laughs> With a gold so member cool. reference? Yeah, yeah, it was. It sure was. <laughs> Look, I'm here for it. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, there are probably know. people listening to this show that didn't even remotely get that. There's probably someone listening to this show who wasn't born when Goldmember came out. Absolutely. I don't even know when Goldmember came out. You should not watch it unless you want to see, unless you like just totally dig Beyonce. Like how much draw did Beyonce bring to that movie? You got to imagine a lot, right? I was only there for Austin Powers, man. I, I was- mean, at the time... But Beyonce is so much more than that. She oh, played yeah. character name Foxy Cleopatra. This is off memory, so um, forgive me if I'm incorrect. Anyways, bonus item, Stefan, go! Hi. So uh, I want to talk real quick about some of the gold stuff that was associated with the uh, 100th issue of Nintendo Power. Oh, um, you're talking about Nintendo Power? Yes. Stuff really? Yeah, yeah. There's okay? a, there's a. I do. You think, I, are you qualified to talk about Nintendo Power stuff? I don't even. Know. You know what? There are there are many people who would tell you no. Um, but anyway, so I want to talk a little bit the uh, some of the uh, items associated with the hundredth issue of Nintendo Power. Um, there, there. Um, I want to talk to them about bonus items because, like, I don't. I'm on the fence as to whether or not, like. They're collectible. Okay, they're collectible, fine. But like the problems with these two items is that they're both regular retail items uh, with a sticker on them that is very easily faked, has been faked, and they were all hand applied. So like you can't be like, oh, well, this one is crooked, so that must be fake. No, no, like a lot of them of the legit ones were crooked. Uh, and that is the the gold N64 controller and the gold Game Boy Pocket. Um, the gold Game Boy Pocket... 100th, 100th issue edition is a regular retail Japanese gold pocket that you can get for like $35 on eBay right now uh, with a uh, embossed sticker just stuck on the bezel on the right side. Uh, that exact same sticker for the N64 controller, again, a regular retail gold N64 controller with a embossed uh, 100th issue sticker on it uh, above the Nintendo Power logo uh, in the middle of the controller, or the, the, the top middle of the controller. Again, most of them are crooked. Most of those are too close to the Nintendo Power logo, so it like tramples it a little bit even. 
they're they're not good. They're not aesthetically pleasing. Uh, they are very very expensive, and so and 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 simultaneously very easy to fake. So there are lots of fake ones out there. So I don't even really have because I've seen fake ones, and I was like, okay, that would that would pass muster for me. So like, I don't even want to say that there's um, like a foolproof way to say, okay, yes, this is a legitimate one. If there is at me, I'm actually kind of curious. Um, and I will actually, and I would love to talk about it more. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure the listeners know like how to like suss out a fake if there's really information about it. But, um, but uh, yeah, just be real, real careful if you're going to buy either the N64 controller or the Game Boy Pocket with the Nintendo Power 100th issue sticker on it, because uh, they are very easily faked. And the difference is like what the, I don't know when the last one is sold, but the uh, there's currently a listing for one for twelve hundred dollars on eBay, the Game Boy Pocket. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, retail version of the exact same item without that sticker uh, can be had easily for under $50. So be careful. Well, I mean, there's one more item too. They're probably the rarest of them. Oh, the, uh, the, the gold, uh, was it, uh, not Majora's Mask, the other one that Tyler likes, that Zelda. Ocarina. Uh, Ocarina, thank you. <laughs> Tyler likes. <laughs> that, that Tyler likes. Literally it's, it's Tyler Zelda. Likes. It's the Tyler Zelda. Uh, the Ocarina of Time uh, Game Boy camera, um, which is, uh, it looks identical to all the other cameras except for that it's gold, but there are actual um, like specific Zelda-related uh, stickers or stamps uh, in the software. So the, the, so the ROM on that particular, or associated with that particular camera is different than the regular one. Um, and that was had via the um, the uh, um, you could buy it out of out of Nintendo Power the 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 player's uh, catalog. So um, pretty pretty hard to find though. Like I think the last one sold for like five hundred and fifty dollars. They don't come up very often. Yeah, you know. All right. Well, yeah. Generally, you, the last few years, I've tracked and then them. immediately evaporated all of my interest in this object. Yeah, the um, the last couple of years I've been tracking them, they go between three and five hundred dollars. Just loose. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if this one has a box. Does oh, this one? Okay. Not, did it actually have a box? Uh, it does, but it's under. You know, it's got. A, I think it's got like the color sticker on it. It's like a. It's a re- the regular box with a sticker on it. I think. Okay. Yeah. I think. I mean, the you know you'll know. I mean, this I know age. it's a regular retail uh, box. I just don't know if it has a sticker on it. <laughs> but okay. I'm pretty sure it does. Uh, yeah, I. I I have not seen the box. Like I've never seen one sell in the box, but I, I also haven't been looking that hard. Um, as far as Stefan, you telling about how to tell for placement. Um, I know there was a thing on Nintendo age back in the day because of, about the millennium controllers. I think there was some measurements because those suffer like the same kind of issues, right? Of common fakes and stuff. And someone had it, sure. uh, written up for a while. And I think there was some way to like measure where the sticker was supposed to be. Um, you know, like even if it was crooked, it's supposed to be like this far away from the thumbstick, you know, I think kind of a thing. So, uh, Hmm. one thing, this is a broader conversation. I don't like, uh, giving out kind of every piece of information that can authenticate an object because that can help people make better fakes. So I think the ideal way to handle it is to look at current fakes and explain why they're fake without saying everything about the original object that can possibly authenticate it. 
Um, so you're uh, not helping the bootleg because tribal knowledge and gatekeeping is the way to go. Yeah, no, I this was is say, common I don't for know bootleg I, stuff. Yeah, but this is like a, a sentiment you find like you can't don't say something like that because then you'll tell people how to fake it, and then I might get ripped off. I mean, there there are ways to test, right? Like there's ways to defend yourself against fakes. There's always going to be fakes in the market. I don't know in in like limiting people's ability to learn things uh, is the best way to to do that. I don't know if I, I just don't know if I agree with you there, Tyler. All right. Um, because I don't Stephen have said, any particular it, bootleg knowledge off the top of my head that I keep fake for, uh, keep away from people, but I do know across multiple areas of collecting, I see people say that they they hold the the key bootlegging knowledge close to their chest, so people you know don't know everything. I yeah, think uh, I mean, no, no, where this is coming from, this might be coming from. A book on baseball card collecting where a guy who detects altered baseball cards says that he has like the the super secret ways that he has to to figure out if a card has been faked or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also not going to tell a guy how to, you know, um, diminish his earning potential. Um, You know, I'm not saying that guy should go out and do it. But if someone else knows and they publish it, I'm not going to be mad at them for that. I mean, I'm not going to be mad because I want the info myself. Yeah, um, I don't know how big right. of a deal fakes are right now, but uh, let's just throw out a couple of random golden things that you know of in collecting that are either bad or good. You can tell me thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, you got one tower. The Neo Geo X Gold Limited Edition, Johnny. Is it? Is that actually gold? Uh, it's. It says gold. the The logo is oh. gold. So thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, big thumbs up to a Neo Geo handheld that improperly emulates Neo Geo games for okay. hundreds of dollars, $200. <laughs> cool. Um, hey, Stefan, you got you got any? Yeah, sh- gold amiibos. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, there's a, a Mario one and a Mega Man one, which came with Mega Man Legends uh, for the 3DS. Cool. Uh, those are like both around $100, so enjoy that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so th- you giving that a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Uh, thumbs down. All right, Tower. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll just. I'm gonna throw some out, and you guys tell me thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, Pokemon Gold for the Game Boy Color, Tyler. Thumbs medium. Thumbs medium. Okay, Stefan. Pokemon Heart Gold for the DS. Up or down? Oh, thumbs up. Well, like thumbs up. one of the best games ever made. Yeah. So is the it? problem is that Heart Gold replaced Pokemon Gold for me. I I have no love for Pokemon Gold anymore because Harkle's the one remake where it's like Pokemon Gold. This is the new thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, some strong feelings. Yep. All right, there was a uh, Pokemon Center in New York special Game Boy with Pichu on it. That was gold. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Tyler. Uh, thumbs up. Pichu's pretty cute. Oh, wait, no, wait. Thumbs to... medium. I don't like having limited edition handhelds because I don't like on the bezel that can distract me from the game. Yeah. Not not only that, but but uh, yeah, I mean, talking about things that are easily faked, people do make reproductions of that bezel, and they're like regularly available on on eBay for for no money. And uh, printers are now such that you can make a convincing fake. So uh, thumbs down on creating items that are easily faked. Yeah. So uh, my recommendation, my thumbs up recommendation, is get it in the box. Because the box is hard to find. Um, all right. Uh, Zelda 3DS with Triforce on it. Up or down? 
Tyler. I don't care about limited Stephen. edition handhelds at all. Stefan. Yeah. I just feel like everything, uh, there's just so much like, I, I wish people, I wish we could get like some like creative variants based on Zelda that it's just like, here's a f-ing gold Zelda thing. Like, I, I don't know. I want more. I want more, Johnny. You want more. Okay. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Zelda. Zelda, the, the first gold thing. Tyler. Uh, thumbs up. Everyone hoard as many gold copies of Zelda as you can. Build a Zelda wall. Okay. Um, <laughs> Stefan? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up, thumbs up because many a times in like a lot of something, like the, uh, I've I've gotten deals on things because like the seller was so obsessed over this limited edition gold cart that they like didn't realize the value in other things that they had. Um, so like, uh, thumbs up because I like would pay, I'd overpay for Zelda to then get a deal on something else. No, how about thumbs up because Zelda is amazing, <laughs> one of the best games ever made, if not the best game ever made for the Nintendo, and uh, just the just uh, such an important title. How about that? It's and, a key like, title. Thumbs up to them for recognizing that and making Zelda the cool thing because like they could have made Star Tropics like the the only gold Nintendo game, and it would have been like. All right, it's cool. Yeah. I guess Star Tropics is gold, but like it's f-ing Zelda, so it's really it, cool. it really was lightning in a bottle. And there's nothing in like the Triforce just being gold. Like they could have made it any other color. They could have made it silver, but they were like, nah, gold, make it shiny. It was excellent. I wonder choice. if there's like I haven't even looked, but I wonder if there's like an interesting story about like I don't know, like some intern like deciding that it should be gold or like I, I wonder how they came how to they that arrived decision. at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, I would be curious to see that. Okay. Uh, Mr. Gold for the Famicom, Tyler. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. I literally don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a Famicom what? game called Mr. Gold. Nope. No, that no knowledge. Exist. Stefan? Is that playable no, in English? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now uh, that we've mentioned it, though, I'm sure the value has gone way up. Yep. Um, oh, I have this game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is a, it's a adventure game or like a a visual novel like i can't play it so i have no idea what thumbs down thumbs down to a visual novel yeah no no visual novels anywhere adventure games why would i own a japanese game that i can't play i own many i literally own mr gold i don't know why i'm using this argument all right so tell me now tyler gold not for resale majora's mask thumbs up thumbs down so I don't know. Isn't there's there's a gold not for resale versus the gray one? I thought the gray one is cool. What's the gold one? Like a regular kiosk cart? I don't know. Okay, just just we're not here to explain. Just thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, th- thumbs up. I like Majora's Mask a lot. Okay, Stefan. Same question. Uh, thumbs down on sticker only variants of, um, well, of, of shit. I'm assuming this is printed onto the label in a little red box. Is it a sticker variant? We're not going that deep, guys. Mm. That's not what we're doing. I'm here. changing my All answer. Right. Thumbs down. <laughs> okay. Ocarina of Time special edition gold box with that that gold cover on it. The limited edition one. You know what I'm saying? Tower. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Can I explain my answer to a subset? Okay. Nope. Thumbs medium. I think the box is All super right, cool. <laughs> thumbs down. Tyler likes it. Oh, mm. come on. If you're going to have one, like, that's the one to have, I guess. But do you think there are less of the of the gray ones, actually? Should that be considered the rare variant? 
No, I just think that it's the cartridge itself is not like super appealing in gold. Like it's it's okay, but I think the gray one looks pretty nice too. Whereas like the NES cartridge, like you see the gray Zelda and you're just like, oh, what? get that away from me. Um, I like the, the collector's edition Ocarina of Time for the box, not the cartridge, I'll say. Okay. Um, and I'm going to give you guys just my final thought. Uh, my It's a big f-ing thumbs down, guys. And it is something that has bothered me for a very long time. And it's not that it's gold. It's the fact that it's not gold. Zelda, Link to the Past, why the hell aren't you a gold cartridge? Mm, that would be pretty what the sweet. Hell? Well, it, it was probably because they already knew that everyone on planet Earth was going to buy it. So they didn't need to spend the extra 25 cents per cartridge. I mean, they did it with Zelda 2. They did it with the N64 tile. And now it's just like this weird gray oh, bastard yeah. in there. Okay, no, now, now you you sold me. Now it is weird because like Killer Instinct and Maximum Carnage have special cartridges. Yeah, so it's very it is very weird now. I don't like. All it, right, Stefan, you got thoughts. Let's let's hear. Nah, you know I, I'm I don't have any new thoughts. I think you're right. I think it's dumb. I would love to have a, a gold SNES cart. You know, this is the thing that I want Nintendo to do a re-release. Like I want them just to re-release a couple of black box games like a Zelda run. and then. Yeah, fine. Limited run, you do it. I'll pay you the money. Just finally get me an official gold cart on there. Like, uh, you know, also thumbs down to European boxes that were like green. Like, also this Zelda box should have been gold. Like, come on. Like, everything about the stupid, aside from the game being incredible, everything else is a freaking fail. Just big thumbs down. Should have been a gold box. They obviously did special colored boxes. Just make it. It's such a special game. Just make it special, more special. Come on. Ugh, we know Johnny aggravated. loves modern re-releases of old games, and he's clamoring for more, guys. I th- like that's how you know you know how deeply this affects me when I, that's what I want. Also, like the European green box, thumbs down. Big box one though, pretty cool. Uh, very rare. When Johnny very tells when Johnny tells Limited Run to make something, you know, <laughs> you know how desperate know I it's am. A big deal. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> come on, man. It's like, ugh, gets me. Gets me that it's not gold. Like, fine, you put it in a black box, at least give it a gold cartridge. But why, just give me a gold box and a gold cartridge, Nintendo. What is your problem? I Link to the Past is overrated. No, it's not. I'm just trying to set you off. I'm like, no. You know what's overrated? Ocarina, if we're talking about overrated Zelda games, Ocarina of Time is the most overrated Zelda game. Hard agree. So. It's impossible to argue because it's like the highest rated game ever. So literally like almost, I mean, okay, in a technical sense, there could be more overrated games, but yeah, Ocarina of Time, probably the most overrated Zelda game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to scratch that and say Wind Waker. No, I'm going to scratch it again and say Skyward Sword because people still give it too much credit only because it's a Zelda game. I don't think it's overrated though, because people like you and me are like, please don't play that. Enough like, people I think, don't. I think it's perfectly rated. Oh, you know, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one more. I'm gonna throw one more in there uh, that I, I wanted to, to. Okay, Skyward Sword bundle <laughs> with the gold Wii U controller. Thumbs up, thumbs down, Tyler. Uh, thumbs up. They took a turd and made it gold. Uh, it's Stefan. Thumbs up. I actually like that Wiimote. I right? do like. If I was gonna like own a Wiimote, it would be that one. It's, it's nice. Uh, <laughs> I give a thumbs medium to Ocarina of Time, thumbs up to Skyward Sword. Yeah, this yeah. is the world you live in. Uh, all right. Gold Nunchuck, that was a Nintendo Club only uh, item. 
to go with that gold Wiimote. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's go Stefan first. Uh, thumbs up only if it also has the gold Wiimote because you knew who wants to be the jerk with like the white Wiimote and then the- Yeah, no, the, yeah, I mean, if you got if you got the bundle, you might as well like endeavor to get that gold nunchuck. Make it- Right, yeah. Right? Because also the white one with the gold Wiimote also looks stupid. I don't yeah. know why you couldn't just get both. It was, it's a mistake. Tyler? Yeah, thumbs up there, but only if it's paired correctly. There's no good combination except for that correct pair. Yep. Uh, so I give it um, a thumbs down for being an exclusive like that because that forced people into bad combinations, which I don't like. That's my, the actual item itself to get the correct combo, thumbs up. But the fact that they did it that way, big thumbs down. Okay, hold right. on. So I, have, I haven't looked at one of these in a while. Johnny, the cable is white. Thumbs yes. down. <laughs> what? The yeah. cable is white. I mean, they just had white cables. So... <sighs> I mean, it was either like that. You couldn't do a gold cable. They weren't going to do that. No, but you do black. Yeah. Black and gold goes very well. There. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, black would have been a better choice, but still, that's still better. A white cord with a, the correct nunchuck is still better than a white cord to a white nunchuck. Sure. Okay. All right. That's uh, that's it for our gold things episode. Wait, wait, wait! Oh. Before we go on, okay, I'd like to rescind something. I want to rescind my affirmative down to a I don't know. Uh, in regards to the box for the camera, because I have spent the last like thirty minutes looking for a picture of the box, have not found one. I was gonna say, so, yeah, I've uh, never never seen a box. If you got a box, show me. Now all of the all of the Game Boy camera boxes look identical, except for in the upper right hand corner, they have a little indicator for the color. That's what I kind of assumed that they would just have one that said gold there. Uh, I have yet to find a picture of one. So I, uh, if I'm you're thinking to this. I would think maybe it doesn't only uh, same issue with some of the other stuff because it never went to retail, so they didn't create specific retail packaging. As you know, yeah, retail could have packaging been a poly bag or something has to go through like specific processes, processes. So maybe they didn't. I didn't. I did not buy mine out of Nintendo Power, so I would actually love to hear from someone who did. Uh, if you uh, bought this at the time. Uh, and actually had it shipped to you from Nintendo, I would love to hear from you, you uh, as one? to how that was shipped. I do. Oh, man. I'm jealous. I've wanted one of these for a long time, but then can never make myself spend money on a gold camera. Yeah, I I, uh, I started buying... So You're a Nintendo I, I Power a, guy. It, it, exactly, yeah. yeah. I went on a kick where I was like, how, how, how many of the like catalog items can I find? And I kind of went on a kick for a while where I was buying catalog items, so... All right. So, uh... That's going to be it for this. Uh, just so you guys know, Gold Member came out in 2002. I was wrong even in my <laughs> 2005. Uh, and now let's kick it to the next part of the show where I think we can be brief. Uh, gentlemen, what have you bought recently? Stefan, go ahead and embarrass yourself and us. Nope. Uh, I mean, I do have something kind of cool that and it was actually a very, very recent purchase. So, well, Is it a gold Nintendo, uh, uh, Super Nintendo controller? It is uh, well. There's that, but um, so uh, starts as a sad story. Uh, Gus Rodriguez, who was the he was a um, a television personality in Mexico, um, and was also uh, very involved with Nintendo, and actually like essentially carried, started up and carried uh, Club Nintendo, which was the uh, the Latin America um, sister magazine and other territories too called it Club Nintendo, but the Latin specifically the Latin American uh, magazine that was the sister to Nintendo Power. Uh, he spearheaded that. Uh, so recently, earlier this year, he died of uh, mesothelioma, and uh, so his son, 
on Facebook uh, on his uh, via his his site called Zero Control. Um, recently did an auction of a bunch of Gus's uh, personal memorabilia. So uh, among that uh, was a you know in in the players' polls, some of the like most difficult things to find uh, involving the Nintendo Power players' polls was the third place stuff. Um, because like a lot of times it was like first place would have been like, oh, here's a, like a load of games or whatever. I mean, sometimes it was like a movie prop, like the Bill and Ted, uh, the the Bill and Ted phone booth or, or uh, like a Batmobile or something crazy like that. But or but oftentimes it was like a trip or like meeting a celebrity. And so like but the second and third place was often like a like an item from from Nintendo. Um, and for a long time, the third place item would be 50 people would get shirts or, or, or the first one, I think, was a jersey. But uh, but one of the earlier pieces that you would get for third place uh, was a shirt that had Nestor on the front of it, and it was a Nintendo Power shirt. Um, for as many as they gave out, because they gave out fifty every issue for months and on end, I've seen two of them, and one of them was in this auction of uh, of Gus Rodriguez's um, memorabilia. So so not only was I completely absolutely stoked that i finally found this shirt that i've been looking for for a long time but uh but also that it is you know something out of gus rodriguez's collection and it i i also you know it, it all of the proceeds from that auction uh benefited uh mesothelioma research so that was also like a so i got something that i was looking for for a long time it was from a very storied collection uh from a from an absolute pioneer in latin america for nintendo and it benefited a good cause so i couldn't have been happier to uh to be able to acquire that shirt recently man he should have um, sent his stuff to wada he could have got a pedigree yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm making no pedigree jokes all, uh, in the face of this guy's sad death and uh, his uh, son's nice gesture of uh, putting it to charity. Um, yeah, good job, yeah. Johnny. Christmas miracle. Yep, there you go. Yep. But yeah, so that was my big... Uh, um, speaking of Christmas, most of my other purchases have like been gifts for people. So that was the... Um, but that was the, the big thing that I bought for myself recently. No, that, that's an awesome thing. And uh, much like Tyler... Uh, who thought you spent five thousand dollars on on a <laughs> controller earlier today? Uh, I I saw you listing up this uh, when you were when you were in the heat of bidding, and I'm like, eight thousand? Did you just bid eight thousand dollars <laughs> on a shirt? What the hell is going on? And it was yeah, you slid into my DMs real quick on that. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> is this? Uh, well, I like, I I started to contextualize what was going on uh, by the by the nature of the chat, and like, I'm like. Okay, there's a lot of Spanish and stuff going on. Okay, wait, maybe this is pesos and not dollars. And I'm like, yes, hey, Stefan, uh, is this pesos or dollars? You're like, pesos. I'm like, okay, I feel a lot better right now about this <laughs> yeah, shirt the, purchase. The gavel, the gavel on that was eight thousand pesos, which is like three something or four something. Yeah. So, and I'm sorry, was anyways. that just the shirt, Stefan? I, I. Did not. Uh, I actually did get two shirts out of that auction. It was that shirt, and then actually a different later um, players' poll giveaway shirt that has uh, Mario peeking out of the pocket. Oh yeah, that shirt's uh, and he's, awesome. he's like he's throwing the peace sign. He's he's uh, peeking out of the pocket. It's like an embroidered shirt, and then it says Nintendo Power on the sleeve. Uh, that was that was again a, a 50, 50 every issue shirt, but uh, but it was later than the Nestor one. The Nestor one. The Nestor one being the second. Uh, the second third place giveaway. Uh, the, the the first one that they did was a jersey, 
but uh, but that Nestor shirt's awesome. Yeah, no, that's uh, a sweet pickup. Congrats on uh, finally finding that. Yeah, thank you. Um, for other uh, for actually for other content on runners up, uh, check out uh, Robin Mahara, Nintendo World Championship runner up. No, why winner. are you doing this? I'm so sorry. God, I, what is? Oh my go God, buy his, like his movie, why? The Ecstasy of Order. Yeah, he's a nice uh, He guy. listens to the show. He's awesome. His, I know. His, his movie's like three dollars to rent it. It's like Robin. Super cheap. We like you. I, Tyler I, I, hates I, you. I'm, I don't know why. Robin, I apologize for my co-host Tyler. <laughs> I don't know why he's like this during God. What is wrong uh, with you? I thought uh, I said the least sensitive thing, but no, it's really it's Tyler twice. Yeah, what it, uh, it wasn't one of Stefan's nine eleven. Your nine eleven. <laughs> you did, brought it back up. You are the worst. <laughs> all right, uh, kind of funny. I'm not going to say I didn't laugh. Um, <laughs> all right, Tyler, uh, the villain of this episode. Uh, uh, tell us, tell us what you bought. His mustache. Well, Johnny. Have you noticed I haven't been talking about video games as much on Facebook? I've noticed you haven't posted anything on Instagram in about a month. Uh, so, Johnny, if you go to eBay.com and you click recent or purchase eBay.com, what's that? I don't know what eBay is. It's um, a place where eBay's we where you go buy to American buy games, but everyone knows the first prints came out in Japan. So, who would use eBay? Um, I bought two games in December. I bought a copy of Batman: Arkham Asylum for seven ninety nine with free shipping. And I bought a copy of uh, Spider-Man Maximum Carnage, uh, the red cartridge, uh, because I bought an empty box for QVC Maximum Carnage. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I've already got one of those, obviously. It's a Genesis game. I've got all the Genesis games. And I opened up my Genesis game, and I've got the black cartridge in there. So now I got a red cartridge to go in my QVC box. Nice. And uh, that's it, Johnny. Oh, okay. Yikes. Um, um, okay. <sighs> Uh, I bought a copy of Metal Gear on MSX on Yahoo Japan as well. Did I say that already I, on the previous show? I don't I think, think I think you said it in the last episode. Or Are maybe you serious, dude? I haven't been buying anything. <laughs> yeah. I Look, in the last episode, I couldn't even name a game. I, I've come back around, though, since Black Friday, and I bought a couple of games. So I finally did it. I think I needed the podcast to talk about games to get me interested in, like, to talk to people who could excite me about this thing I love again, rather than being drowned by all the uh, negative stuff that I've been reading. Uh, so, it's a hundred percent true. I only buy games when I talk to you two. Uh, well, I mean, it gets you excited. Like, <laughs> I mean, like you can't just go on Facebook and look at any of that stuff. It, it that those kind of conversations don't excite me for gaming. Uh, I talked to Josh Byerly about some like one-off weird variants and stuff, and I was instantly like, "Oh yes, this is why I love gaming. I want to go look at this stuff and go buy games again." Uh, I wasn't hearing about um, you know Left Bros Mario, what a print it is, and look at the date code. I, I wasn't hearing any of that crap. Uh, I was hearing like, "Look at this dumb thing that's five dollars in a variant. If you can find it, who cares?" Because uh, yeah, that's what's know. actually fun to collect, Johnny. Yes, it's I, a, it's I, like a hundred times more to collect something. With uh, more fun to collect something with knowledge than just dumping money into whatever the most popular, exciting thing is. Yeah. So I say that, and let me tell you about what I bought now. Uh, we'll backtrack. Uh, I bought Driver Three on the on the GBA. Um, so that's a, a thing I bought uh, just because Driver Three is, is that a super kind cool of, game. Uh, it's just kind of hard to find on the GBA. I bought that uh, Nintendo Game Boy gum container. Uh, hey. <laughs> Because it, it came with the trading cards and it had all 14 of them. 
And it didn't mention that it had the, um, I mean, it did mention, but I neglected to, it had the uh, checklist in there, which is also a card. So 15 cards. I got the whole set in that one little thing and it, you know, uh, yeah, I was really happy to get that. So that, that was cool. Um, other thing I bought, I bought section Z with a, a hang tab from our pal, Eric, who doesn't listen to the show. So it doesn't matter. And I bought a, a Rygar. Robin, so wait, let's make fun of Eric. Cause Robin does listen to the show, right? Shout out Robin. Um, yeah, I just Eric, love that. That's like, we, we, we always give that context when we talk about Eric. Yeah. Like it's always Eric, our friend who doesn't, <laughs> listen, to doesn't listen to the show. Listen to the because show. he's like, been on the show his, and his, used to be like, yeah, I love the show. And now he's like, I don't listen to it. He's too cool for us now. <laughs> He's t- he yeah. changed his name to Excite by Comics and Games, and it's more comics and games now for him. So he doesn't care about us. Then I don't care about him. No, I mean he does. Eric's. I mean Eric's it's his nice business, guy. and comics are literally on Eric. fire. Right I now. love Eric. So, um, anyways, um, I bought a Rygar as well. So I got the uh, Section Z from from Eric, and the reason I got that is because it it is a game that I I played as a child, and my old version was a hang tab. I remember because I ripped it. Uh, as a kid, and I was like, "Oh man, you know what? I would like to have the one that actually matches that." And I bought Rygar. Good job, little kid Johnny. I bought Rygar because, again, love Rygar. Uh, I've talked about Rygar at length, and uh, there was one with a hang tab that I found like for a reasonable price. So I I got that. Like I'm spending like forty forty dollars on these items, not like hundreds of dollars on like weird hang tabs. Um, so I got that. And uh, tens the, and tens uh, of dollars. I'm just going to shout out the seller, um, Husker Dias, I, I believe his name is. Uh, did an amazing job packing. I, I think uh, you know, I messaged him and just asked him, like, hey, can you just like I'll pay more if you need me to, but like, as I always do, can you like just make sure there's a box? And he was like, oh, don't worry, I got you, man. I'm gonna make sure this thing is packed amazingly. And it was, it was just like it was a box within a box and it was like taped, but it wasn't like tight tape around foam where then you where it's like crushing the box everything was like gently and purposefully done it was very nice packing it's the best packing i've had in a long time eric's game was also packed beautifully he always does a, a really nice job like i think eric usually goes overboard but he's usually selling things that are like expensive not like this 40 dollar game he shipped to me so I, I think he just has a system for the way he packs up it's always a nice job so if you're looking excite bike games I think he's on eBay as well. Um, that's where I found this item, and then I just messaged him privately. But uh, yeah, that uh, that's what I bought. And then, oh, I did buy a banger. It's not here yet, though, so I don't know. Do, should I t- save it for the next show? I wait until it's in my hands, Johnny. Okay, I'll 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 wait. I'll wait. But it is a banger. Banger. It's not. It cost me fifteen dollars. Um, and it's for the Game Boy Color. Can't wait. To oh, no, you already not. talked about the Game Boy gum trading card set you bought, Johnny. No, no, no. <laughs> this is for the Game Boy Color. It is a game. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. No. A teaser that. that This is a teaser that is not going to pay off. Um, all right, guys. That's it for the show. Stefan, where can we find you? Uh, mostly on Twitter now as Art of NP. I've kind of, I've kind of uh, my uh, Instagram sucks. now is mostly... Uh, Twitter sucks. Uh, 
<laughs> Most of my uh, my Instagram stuff is now more of a, a personal vibe. Uh, so you can still find me there at Arca1981, but uh, but Twitter as Art of NP, also on uh, YouTube as Art of Nintendo Power. Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of content there recently, really trying to put my best foot forward there, really upping my production value. Um, something fun that I just recently did was we publicly released that um, Final Fantasy for the NES uh, translation prototype, where almost every single line of dialogue in that game is different from the retail release. Also, so not only is it, not only was it um, one of the one of the or the first uh, non-retail uh, ROMs for the original Final Fantasy that's ever been released, but is a very uh, significant difference from from the retail game. So uh, that is now publicly available via my friends at Hidden Palace. Uh, so if you go there and just look up Final Fantasy Prototype, you will find it there and you can play it. Also cool. tell them about the cool playthrough Tyler did for you. Come on now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we found a... Also, so this was... I mentioned this a while ago. It's been some time now, though, but uh, uh, it was around the same time... Well, it was with the same um, lot that I got my... Um, the most recent NWC uh, gray cart. There were 15 prototypes there, and one of those was Ninja Gaiden 3, and despite the fact that uh, Tyler did play through it, and uh, that's on YouTube... Um, both uh, no just just my channel right you didn't put it on your channel too Can they i put it, it on, on my channel secondary too? channel which is like my Got don't it. subscribe to this it's just like videos i want to put <laughs> on youtube uh anyway uh despite that after tyler played through it uh and it felt retail right tyler you were thinking that it's retail yeah, except um, for graphical glitches yeah there yeah, was some we had glitches in the emboss yeah, it's definitely not the uh, the retail ROM. So it's probably very close to final, but uh, but is not final. And that's actually was was verified by Hidden Palace. You know, they have a they have like a parser that they put ROMs through, and they can actually pull out what the differences are. And uh, file size is different, and there's definitely some some things going on with that. Um, so out of those fifteen prototypes five or six of them were different from retail. Um, we gave Final Fantasy its own, like, you know, shining moment in the sun that it's still enjoying. So, but the other games, including the release for that Ninja Gaiden 3 ROM, uh, will be happening in the coming weeks, also from Hidden Palace, and you'll be able to get information about those releases on my Twitter or on my YouTube channel as well. So there you go. All right. Free stuff. Yep, and you know I'm gonna just say, Tyler, you were very good at Ninja Gaiden. Like I, I watched you play, I was like, you're good at this. Like, and I don't even know how much practice you have with three because I know that's your least favorite of them. But I was like, of course, man, you you are you were doing very well. Yeah, I, I mean, we probably don't through. bring it up on the show a lot, Johnny. But do you know that I love Ninja Gaiden three? No. Um, <laughs> I was no. hoping that that ROM would actually be more different than it was. So there were like, I, I read like all the text and I looked at all the power ups because one of the things they changed from Japan to the US to make it more difficult, like they doubled all the damage they made continues and when you die way harder. But one of the most dickish things they did is they made the power ups less useful. So I was hoping that there would be power up differences, but it was all the same as the US version. You know, it's incredible that because we get such a stigma that American games are easy, they dumb them down for America, but like a lot of NES games really got just, just like thumped on difficulty when they brought them over here. They're like, oh, it was too easy for Japan. Let's really screw America and make it hard for them. 
it doesn't well, get I mean, like GamePro used to rate like challenge as a category when reviewing yeah. games, right? Or like one of those magazines yeah. did. Yeah, they did. Maybe Nintendo Power did too, but um, yeah, I remember the little like thumbs up. Uh, like the ads would be like, so hard your butt will turn to diamonds. Yeah. Didn't that also have to do with like the rental market though? A lot to do with the rental market in the US because like you were like legally weren't allowed to rent out games in Japan. So they they didn't really have like an onus to like make them crazy f***ing hard. And then they came over to US where you could and they didn't want people to like rent them and finish them in, you know, a weekend. I don't know. But like the, the stereotype is always like, oh, they made it easier for America. They dumbed it down for America. Americans wouldn't understand gaming. So we, we, we made all these changes to make it easier for America. That's like the story is never we made it harder for America. It's always we made it easier. So I, I just think it's interesting in moments where that is definitely not the script. Hmm. So like Mystic Quest is like a big one, like the biggest dumbing down of an RPG, like or where they homogenize names and like Final Fantasy, uh, like Final hmm. Fantasy Legend when it was not a Final Fantasy game. They're just like call it Final Fantasy so the Americans will buy it, like you know something they understand. There's just a lot of right. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's see. Is that it? Did we do it? Tyler, did you say where you are? No, we, I just said you're good at Ninja Gaiden. You were. Uh, check yep. out yep. Tyler Be Good at Ninja Gaiden uh, in that playthrough on Stefan's channel. And Tyler, tell us where we can find you. Oh, I'm in uh, World 204 uh, or World 402 of Old School RuneScape. I'm doing the Trailblazer League. Uh, okay, could you tell us where to find you no, on the nobody, socials? Nobody. Oh, nobody. oh, well, you can't because I haven't been posting anything on social no, media you sure haven't. for a long You've ass time. You've posted as much as I have. I'm default gen, default G-E-N. Uh, send me a private message because I respond to those even if I don't post. I don't post because it's like high effort to like go and take an interesting picture of something. Or not to take an interesting <laughs> picture of something, to take a picture of something interesting. But uh, That's not true, Tyler. We need to be bringing it back or everyone's just going to see picture of water graded stuff. We have to help. We have to help uh, Instagram. Uh, you're right. I have to help Instagram with my content. My content is what's feeding Instagram. Me and my thousand followers. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tyler, I'll take I'll take your thousand followers. It's they're good people. They they like interesting stuff, and they all 100. listen to the show. What's up, guys? Love you. Yeah. They don't. Forget you do to have like, like a subscribe. personal relationship with your audience. It's pretty awesome. So, all right, and uh, you can find me. Gosh, almost nowhere. I also uh, hibernated. Uh, for a little while there. Um, I'm back to posting some stuff, but you will find me on Instagram. Weirdly, uh, in November, I was more active on video game Sage than I was on Instagram, even though I was mainly just reading and not really, I was like giving some thumbs up on stuff. Because uh, I was like, oh yeah, let me catch up on some reading through this forum because I haven't been here in a while. Some good stuff in there. I, I love catching up. Um, but I'm always sad that I'm so behind. That's it. That's, that's you can find me there, Johnny. There, uh, you know, Johnny underscore Iuchi on Instagram. You had one thing. Are you gonna something? be mad if I hype something? Can I hype something? I mean, Stefan, didn't you go? just hype something? Don't you come on here and hype something every episode? What have no, I no, ever no, been hyping? Hyping something, hyping something that uh, that people can go buy, and there's a bunch of bunch of, but it's actually a really cool thing. Um, Frank Cifaldi pointed this out to me. Uh, who is you know, Frank Sfaldi, if you don't know him, runs the Video Game History Foundation. He's probably one of the biggest magazine gaming magazine scholars there is. Um, he pointed out to me on eBay, you can find it. And I don't have an affiliate with the seller, but they have a ton of copies of this and it's new old stock. It's uh, the Game Player's Guide uh, to Nintendo. 
and it's a it's a it's a yellow cover with a red edging, and it's got uh, a genie on the bottom and some pictures of some people. It's you'll 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 see it. Um, it's actually the first like syndicate or like widely published Nintendo themed magazine that there is, and this guy's got a truckload of copies of it brand new for $17 and I just think it's an awesome opportunity to get something that's actually like historically relevant um, and actually this is a earlier cover because they say Nintendo across the top in gigantic font and Nintendo actually took issue with that so they then reprinted the magazine with a with a smaller font so this is the original printing of the Game Player's Guide to Nintendo and again was the first Nintendo centric magazine uh, that was widely published outside of like zines and stuff like that. So it's super cheap. They're brand new and they're all over eBay. And I recently picked one up and I just, I thought it was like a really cool moment that like, Hey, who knows if these are going to be like available. It's one of those things where it's like, once this guy sells out of however many hundreds of copies he has, you'll probably never see it again. So I just wanted to like shout that out as something that like people can go get now. And it's just like an actual interesting find for very little money. Yep. Uh, I already bought they, one. They are from finest seller online uh, on eBay. Yes. Uh, yep. They don't have a lot of feedback, but Stefan has successfully got one, and and so did um, Tyler. So no, I, I literally bought it while Stefan was talking about it. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can also uh, search around. Sometimes you will find it for lower price, but that's new old stock, right? So you're getting yeah. that, and it's also you know you're getting the first print because they're. Um, there is some variance to that because there's like a, a little like white sticker on the front. There's also a version with a red sticker on the front. So I don't know which is first of those two, but uh, you'll have to figure it out. This guy's got this According guy's got good Frank, stuff. This is the first. Like, I'm going through. He's got like a brand new Model Two Sega CD. He's got like vintage Nintendo hats, sealed copies. Got some Sim Sim City. City. Yeah, yeah. This guy got some tapes. If you want metal tapes, remember when that was like a thing? You, if you wanted quality recordings. When you were going to steal music from uh, the radio? Uh, what's a tape? Is that like an MP3 player, Johnny? Is that it's like a cassette. an iPod? It's a cassette. It's that thing that you... Yeah. Hmm. yeah oh, you like would... a mini disc. Of course, Johnny. I understand. No, no. It like Think about those game systems that you probably put... Like Maybe you used them to play um, like computer games back in the day. <laughs> oh, of course, the Commodore 64, what I grew up on. Those cassettes. Yeah. <laughs> Those ones. Um, yeah, he's also got a bunch of handhelds. Like, I'm not going to, like, you know how I hate this kind of stuff, but um, I will say he's got, there's a sweet 1943 one and a Wizards and Warriors. Wizards and Warriors, I feel like, is a classically underrated game. But I think the best thing this guy's got, like, I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, throw my hat in the ring for for just anything but it's women's penitentiary 10 vhs new you could also get he's also got number nine and number eight if you're looking to get into the series so you know <laughs> there are some porno tapes that this guy is selling if you were interested uh, he's also Ooh, he's selling a truckload of pallets like what is this guy <laughs> i don't know i think we're getting, okay, off but- we're getting into a little bit collector's quest after dark johnny yeah, it, this is he's got stuff from the 80s. He, that, that's yeah, the magazine, the magazine thing I like I actually meant to bring that up at the top of the show and I thought it was genuinely neat and wanted to impart that yeah, but I th- uh, didn't mean to like make it a thing. No, it's fine. So again, this guy he's a seller who has stuff from the 80s. He's got a lot of different stuff. Check him out. Uh all right, that's it for the show. We did it. I hope you liked five golden things. Look for us to to other send-ups of uh other dates um you know like 
you know, two partridges in a pear tree, two, uh, two player games, most collectible two player games coming to you maybe next year. All right. That's it for the show. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time and have a happy holiday. Johnny say it. We did it. Bye. Okay.